What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez and Joel Dells. And it's now episode 219. In this episode, we talk about the four and one teams we are most to least confident about. The Giants, Jets dominating the Dolphins, Matt Rule being fired, Cowboys, our picks for week six, and more. As you guys can tell, River's not here today. He was supposed to go to Atlanta, but he missed his flight, so he's home. He will be here for the next episode, I do believe. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. How was your guys' weekend? We know we had a, a, a eventful week five of NFL football. We did. We were at the game. We were at Jets Dolphins, all four of us. Uh, that was a great game. A phenomenal game. I know you you so were with the Dolphins family, <laughs> the winning sides with the Jets family. You know, we took the dub this week. It was a good weekend. Good weekend of so football. When you're going against a third-string quarterback, I would hope and pray that you guys would come mm. away with that W. And you mm. guys definitely did handle your work. Yeah, and then some. Yeah, no, no And no. then some. It's crazy, man. We left at the end of the third quarter. No, I think... I think it was the last drive at the very start of the fourth quarter uh, for the Dolphins. That's the last we saw. Uh, they went to kick the field goal. I don't know if it's the end of the third or the very start of the fourth off the top of my head. But he kicked the field goal. They missed it. It would have given the Dolphins a lead. And low-key, that was indicative of what was to come. Yeah, fourth quarter was chopped. Y'all popped yeah. crazy. We're the best fourth quarter team in football right now. Really? Yeah. Off one, Better than the Dolphins who put up 28? Against the Ravens? Uh, point differential, we're, we're definitely really? towards top. Yeah. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know if we're the best, but we're definitely towards top because Cleveland. Two, exactly. Yeah. Tua doesn't change 33 points. That's, what are you talking about? Early in the game. 20, 30 points. Think about how many throws Skyler was late on, man. Tua's not late. Our players are just like that, man. Nah, we're going to talk about it, but geez. Scored 21 Yeah, before. nah, nah. For, y'all did your yeah. thing. But we're going to talk about it later, but the rookies. Unreal. The rookies are legit. Yeah. yeah. Grand Slam draft class. Shout out, to, shout out to Mojo for hooking us up with the Absolutely. tickets. Oh, yeah, facts. They were shout the reason Mojo. why we went to the game in the first place. It was an amazing experience. I, I'm shocked that we blew the Dolphins out. I knew we were going to win, but <laughs> to win in that fashion was something that I enjoyed thoroughly. How would you feel about uh, Mama Velez tweeting at you? <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> that was funny. Bro, funny. I read that and started cracking up. Yeah, that was mad funny. It was so funny. I laughed. I yeah. just, you know, shout out Ravelis. Had to like the tweet. Yeah, no, that's it. No, no response needed. <laughs> like tweet. Someone else was popping on her. I just told her, listen. Anytime someone tweets at you that you have no idea, don't even acknowledge yeah. it. Don't even acknowledge it. That was a good game, though. You guys know what happens in the first segment of the show. We yep. do some Boom Fantasy over and unders. If you guys aren't familiar, Boom Fantasy is a brand new fantasy app. You can download it in the link in our description below. Joel. What do we got for Boom Fantasy? Let's get into it. Boom Fantasy, we got three over under. Starting with 
team we just talked about, the Jets and Zach Wilson. This week going up against Green Bay. Uh, pretty big competition. We just saw the Giants you know, get a W. Now the other New York team, I guess there's three, but the other real New York team with the Jets are up next. So <laughs> Zach Wilson, 217 and a half passing yards. 217 is pretty low. Packers defense is really good. I'm going to go and say Zach Wilson over. 217 is beyond disrespectful. It's low. Whoever made that line, I'm going to have a serious problem with. Was it you? It wasn't me, no. Was it you? Take the over on Zach Wilson 217. That's disrespectful. <laughs> was it you? Yeah, if it was me, we had a conversation. Uh, we're we're trying to give away free money to the people, 217. After the pod, you know we're going to have to get into a little to a squabble. You said squabble, all right? Take it easy over YouTube, man. Uh, Every damn show. Moving on, your guy. I, can, I lose track, but who's your guy? But I know for sure this is your guy, Geno Smith. Going up against Arizona, 255 and a half passing yards. It's a big number for Gino. 255 and a half. It's a big number for Gino. Who's the opponent? Arizona. They've been decent against the pass to start the season. The Eagles struggled for a good part of that game. The play calling was questionable. It but definitely was spotty. Hmm. I'm going with my man Gino. I'm going, I'm going with my man Gino. You're going over? I'm going I'm going to go under. under. Arizona secondary has been sneaky good. It has been, surprisingly, and they get hot back Facts, in a couple weeks, too. And they've survived. And don't get me started. Let's just move on. Lastly, Nick Chubb, him or Saquon. Actually, we had a fan come up to us at the game um, when we were taking pictures at the end. He's like, yo, can I get in the picture? We're like, sure. And the first thing he said, he started talking to Riv. He's like, I can't believe you're saying Nick Chubb's over Saquon. This and that. <laughs> uh, he had a problem with it, but... In this game, they're going up against New England, 93 and a half rushing yards. 93 is a lot, but Nick Chubb has just been otherworldly, averaging over six a carry. He leads the league in attempts. I apologize. I don't think that's true. Derrick Henry's number one. He's number two. I'm going to go over, but 93 and a half is, is a lot. But even still, that just goes to show you how great Chubb has been. 93 and a half for Nick Chubb. Book it. Stamp it. It's locked in. He's going to get Book that. It. He's been unreal. This he has season. been amazing. It's been more touchdowns than anything, but of course he has been a freak with the yards. yards Absolutely, leads the league in touchdowns. Lead the leads the league in rushing yards. He's been a savage. He should hit the over. Yeah, he's been a freak. That was Boom Fantasy though. Shout out to Boom. This fucking ant keeps coming back. Look, I just handled business for you, bro. I tried flicking it, but my shit's not hard enough. Just kill an animal on air. Um, you serious? I was defending myself. Are you serious? He was harmless. Well, I just flicked it away, Drew. Dude, come I'm on, an man. You're the murderer, to be honest. My I could have kept goodness. it quiet. I know not to commit a crime with you. <laughs> My yeah. goodness. Yeah, you made it hot. I threw you under the bus quick. Jesus Christ. My guy, that's why. All right, let's go on to Mojo, the Mojo Report of the Week. <laughs> My guy, that's why I threw you <laughs> under the bus. Evaluating the 2021 quarterback draft class. Let's look at their stock prices. When these players were coming out of college, we know that they got a lot of hype. Most of them were perceived to be franchise quarterback talents. That is Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and even last season, Davis Mills showed some flashes. So right now, Trevor Lawrence is priced at $64, Mac Jones 43, Zach Wilson 34, Trey Lance 32, Justin Fields 24, and Davis Mills $18. Now, are these prices too low for these guys? Do you have hope in at least three of these popping to become franchise quarterbacks? Where's your mindset on, on this class right now? 
I think real quick, Drew, before you go, go ahead, man. I think the one that sticks out the most is Mac Jones at forty four dollars. That's the one I'm shorting right now. If I had okay. to choose between all these guys who I'm going long, who I'm going short on, for the most part, I've been long on damn near every player we talked about with Mojo. But Mac Jones at $44, when you could get Zach at 34 Mac Jones coming off an injury, it's a high ankle sprain too. He didn't look great in his first couple of games. We know the play calling there is abysmal. The offensive system, the coaches he has around him, is far from ideal. The weapons are far from ideal. Although your guy, Taekwon, uh, Taekwon Thornton, came back last That's week. That's a fact. Only had, only had a few yards. Um, but regardless... The situation for Mac isn't great. And at $44, I don't know how much higher that's going to go, at least this year. So for this season, I'd be shorting Mac. But long term, once they get some weapons, once they get, you know, maybe a different offensive play caller in there, I think he's a good enough quarterback. But right now, 44 is too high for me. The big one for me, and I hate to be the Mr. Obvious, but Trevor Lawrence, for me, is one of those guys that I look to to go long on because of the fact that I believe he's the next $100 guy. There's four guys right now because Matthew Stafford's been struggling lately. He's out of the hundreds. I believe he's like $97 off the top of my head. But Trevor started the season very hot. These last two weeks kind of brought his price a little bit down. This is your time to invest. I bought in a little bit too early on on Zach, where I'm excuse me, on Trevor now that his price is starting to go a little bit down. This guy has all the tools to be the next hundred dollar guy. He has the arm, he has the the mobility. He has the the minds, the 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 vision, the the ability to see the field, the ability to hit tight windows. He has it all, and he's only in year two, and the team's only going to get better. We saw what he's doing with Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, we're going to talk about that that situation a little bit later. But get your get your your bet in on Trevor now while you can before it's too late. I think that if people were to say right now that. The 2021 quarterback draft class has been underwhelming. They wouldn't be wrong in that assessment. They'd be correct. Justin Fields hasn't looked good. Trey Lance is out for the season, and even his future with the 49ers is in question because he is a raw prospect. The only three guys that I think are going to hit in this draft class, and ironically, they were my top three quarterbacks when I ranked these guys in the pre-draft process, was Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Mac Jones. Mac Jones is somebody who, he's the perfect system quarterback. He's going to be a 10-plus year starter in the NFL. He's going to be a very good quarterback, similar to Kirk Cousins. Zach Wilson, I think he's going to be a franchise quarterback for the Jets. You see the infrastructure around him right now. He doesn't have to go above and beyond to have the Jets win. He just has to do his job, and that's what he's doing. And Trevor Lawrence has the franchise quarterback talent to do that. Zach Wilson, to me, seems like the best investment at $34 because I think he could be at Trevor's price point in about a, in about a year and a half or two years. Trevor Lawrence can be a franchise guy, so maybe he could be a $100 guy. I just, with the $100 guys that you see, with Josh Allen, Mahomes. Josh Allen isn't even 100 yet. He's pretty close. He's like though. 93. Okay. So who are the $100 guys? Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Mahomes. It's, it's Brady, it's Rodgers, it's Mahomes, it's Ryan. In order to be a $100 guy, you have to also be surrounded by talent and a team that's going to consistently win. And with Trevor and the Jaguars, I just don't see that. We're seeing the the rewards of their past free agency pay off this season, in the short term at least, because they signed a lot of players. But that has hindered their long-term flexibility, and that is worrisome for me. The Jets seem like 
they're in the best position. They have cap space. They have talented <clears throat> first round picks. They Joe Douglas has been hitting on the draft. They have the coaching staff. It seems like Zach Wilson is the best investment of all these quarterbacks. And if if this draft class comes away with two to three franchise guys, I think it is Fantastic. a pretty strong draft class. Yeah, for, for sure. Oh no, no doubt. I mean, if you look at two, two would be a success. Three with Mac Jones, who made the playoffs last season. Of course, you got to show him that respect. The reason why I only disagree with the Jaguars statement is because we all did sit here and say that the Jaguars were going to win this division early on. It's looking like that is not a great opinion as of right now. The Jaguars have looked sloppy these last couple of weeks. The team's starting to get exposed for their lack of weapons. The only positive is that we're starting to see ETN, at least this past weekend, start to really break out into to the role that we had expected of him Excuse me, to come into this season. Now... In this offseason, the whole goal should continue to be put weapons around Trevor Lawrence, whether that's through the draft or trying to spend money to bring one in. You did have to overpay to bring in Christian Kirk, but at the minimum, Trevor showed, if you bring in a guy, I will show you that I can have success with him. Now, if you go out and you spend high draft capital on a wide receiver, which of recent years we've seen teams do and it pay off immediately, and the Jaguars continue to follow suit, and with the defense that they've put forth this season where it still has some tweaks to make, but even still, that front seven has been very solid, one of the better ones in the National Football League. So you have the defensive side of the ball covered. You just need to surround your guy, the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, with weapons, and I think that he will get to where we believe he can be. And looking at the contract for Christian Kirk, it's probably not even that much of an overpay. Facts. Looking at it now, you know, $18 million for a wide receiver before Tyreek got paid, before A.J. Brown got paid, and Devontae. a couple of other receivers, Tay as mm-hmm. well. It looked like an overpay, but to me, that just says you're a good wide receiver, too, if you're getting about $18 million per year. And like you said, not having the weapons, I'm willing to overpay for those couple of years, especially a Jaguars team who, it's not like they're up against the cap, right? You know, they, they still have cap, and they made a bunch of moves last season, so we'll see how much that impacts them this upcoming season in terms of caps, cap perspective. But getting that wide receiver for Trev, it's almost invaluable. Like, obviously, you're not paying $30 million for him, but if it's only $18 million to get someone that you could rely on, we saw Christian Kirk has been phenomenal this season. That's a fact. You know, has... I wouldn't call him a wide receiver one, but he's been probably one of the best wide receiver twos, even though he is wide receiver receiver one on his team. Um, You know, I think for what the Jags had available to them, Trevor Lawrence is making it work. They've been struggling, but you still got to think it's a young team. Doug Peterson's first year, Trevor Lawrence's second year, um, you know, starting at the helm. So got to give him a little bit of time. Maybe we did jump the ship a little bit early on the Jags, but I'm still not completely sold on the Titans who they have the vets with the coaching Derrick Henry. Uh, the Colts look like a mess, and, and Houston I'm not sold on either. So in another week, the Jags are going to have a big win, and all of a sudden the Jaguars are back, right? So it's still a young team. I think they're going to go through some growing pains, but I'm still in on the Jags. I'm still in on Trevor Lawrence for sure. And Zach Wilson's investment, I understand it 100%. Of course, at $30 for a potential franchise quarterback, to that the ceiling that you can get to with Zach, you can definitely maximize and make some decent change there too. He has the, a great situation around him. I'm not, I'm not, if this sounds like I'm going to come shit talk, no, Zach, talk. it's not. Okay. You have Garrett Wilson, <laughs> Elijah Moore, who has been disappointing. Yeah. It's really unfortunate, but it's, it can be understood. Garrett Wilson is just better than Elijah. And to be fair, uh, against Miami, no receivers in anything. No, that's true. And I think against Pittsburgh, Elijah, did he have the second most yards on the team? I, I could check. Brees Hall is so fantastic. He's good. It just allows there to be 
a little bit of flexibility too with Zach is now you're not heavily defending against the pass. Not that you were in the first place, but now you have Brees Hall, who is a legitimate threat that you have to be worried about both on the ground and through the air, that it's going to open up space for Zach as well. And with the weapons that he has on the outside, it definitely could be worth making that investment as well. I do agree with your point about Trevor Lawrence. We've seen Trevor. He's just had two bad games back to back. This is the time to invest in him because I still think he's going to, be a great quarterback. And after the first three weeks, we were putting him in that, wow, he might be a top 15, top top 12-ish guy in the league already. So now after this two-game regression, invest in him while you can until that price spikes up again. Three of the best rookie running backs right now, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, and Kenneth Walker, who now is going to be the starter since Rashad Penny unfortunately got hurt. Uh, prayers out to him. Brees Hall right now is $11 on Mojo, Kenneth Walker $10, and Damian Pierce is $9. Who's the guy to invest in? I'm a Jets guy. I'm a Brees Hall guy. But Damian Pierce being at $9, I feel like Damian Pierce is going to possibly win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He very well could. He's looked fantastic in Houston. It was only a matter of time before he really took over that full-time job, which is what it's been these last two or three weeks. You know me. It's going to be Brees Hall. He was my pick for Rookie of the Year coming into the year. I saw his ability to play at, o- at Iowa State, and now we're finally... It took a few weeks, only five weeks, but he is, without a doubt, the clear number one on this team. Season low, 27% of snaps in Week 2, then 51%, 66%, then 69 this past uh, this past week against Miami. That's top 10, 12 uh, amongst all running backs, you know, so he is getting the workhorse type of, of share that we were expecting, a high second-round pick, a guy the Jets traded up for, very similar to the Broncos and Javante the year prior, only move up a couple of spots, but they wanted to make sure they got their guy because they saw a potential superstar at running back. And Brees has shown one of the reasons why I was so high on him is because he's a complete running back. He's 6'1", 6'2", 215 pounds. He could block. He could be a receiving back. He could do it in the run game. Fits this system perfectly. I do like Kenneth Walker. He was my RB2 coming into this year. I did think there was a gap between Brees and Kenneth Walker. I still think there is, even though Kenneth Walker looked phenomenal in his first, um, you know, first time being able to be the, the workhorse running back for Seattle. I think he's going to have a good season for sure. But I think Brees has a bit of a different gear. And I, I wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the season, we're looking at Brees as a borderline top 10 back. Brees can just do everything. He's a freak of nature. He's a strong running back. He's a fast running back. He is a great receiving back. He's an excellent blocker. That is very rare to find in a draft and to get to hit on all of them. The Jets are sitting very pretty right now. He has been one of their best, arguably their best weapon this season. He's been extremely consistent. And of course, with Michael Carter being in that that running back room, it was only a matter of when Brees was going to get the full opportunity. And even still, we still saw Michael Carter being a vulture at the yeah. goal line, snagging two touchdowns this past weekend. But even still, Brees was being effective in all aspects of the game. It's only the beginning for Brees. And for all the analytic guys out there who shit on the Jets for trading up for a running back and then the year prior drafting Elijah Vera Tucker, how dumb do you feel right now? Yeah. How stupid do you feel that AVT could play damn near every Everything. position except probably center? He played left tackle. He's played guard. He's played right tackle. He's let up one sack all season. He was more than just a guard. And if you overlook that coming into that, that's bad process on you. And if you overlook Brees Hall, what he could do to this offense for the Jets, that's bad process on you because Brees Hall is a difference maker for this team. So trading a fifth or sixth round pick to move up two spots 
if that's what killing you, a special teams guy or a guy who might be out of the league in a year or two, you have to go back and see what you did wrong because Brees Hall was a difference maker. The Jets said they want someone who has home run ability who can make those big plays. We saw it with the 70-yard reception, almost a touchdown, just got down bro. the one-yard line. he was carrying, yes. bro, yes. for yards. Yes. So I know we talk about don't take guards early, don't take running backs early, but you do have to see what this does to a team, especially a young quarterback who's still trying to get into his groove. And the Jets beat the Dolphins 40-17. to Very easy win. Jets 2-0 with Zach Wilson now. Really quick to add to the last thing I want to say on this Mojo segment. Do yourself a favor and go invest in Ramondre Stevenson. Yes, great call. Ramondre Stevenson costs $8. He costs less than Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce. And Ramondre Stevenson is among the league leaders in rushing yards this season so far. He has been fantastic. To get him for $8 right now is a come up. Do yourself a favor and invest in Ramondre for the long. And the reason he's saying that is Damian Harris is going to be out multiple weeks. We saw this past week Ramondre had 25, 26 carries, 150 yards. We knew the talent was there. It was just him and Damian were going to split time. Now that he's out, he's going to make that breakout into, I don't know if we're going to think he's a top five running back in the league, but he could be top five in rushing yards and wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think think that's facts. Ramondre is a beast. That's the reason why I had him in my top 32 running backs in the NFL in the preseason. Didn't you have did you? Swift to like 24? Yeah, I did. Nice. I did. Oh, no. The Swift disrespect was crazy. And the, the Saquon disrespect was crazy also. But we won't talk about that. You know, it's in, in the past. You, you, some, you, some. you make some, you, you, yeah. you miss some. Went you know some, what I'm saying? Some. The Jets are 2-0 and with Zach Wilson. They beat the Dolphins 42-17. The Jets are now 3-2. and Dolphins 3-2 and as well. Now. <laughs> I never doubted once that the Jets were going to beat the Dolphins. (laughs) Robert Sala last week told the team, we've lost 12 consecutive in-division games. We need this one. And I bought in because I know Robert Sala is a motivational guy. And the team bought in. Miami thought they were going to come to New York and beat us. First play of the game. Tone setter. Sauce Gardner. Safety on Teddy Bridgewater. Knocks him out the game. Skylar Thompson comes in. I get it. It's a third-string quarterback. Tua does not erase a 23-point deficit. A the Jets game. were clicking. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed did their thing on Waddle and Tyree Kill. And there were plays where it was... It was phantom defensive pass interference calls on the Jets. Some bad calls. I was, I was like, come on, where, where's the, the Corey Davis play was was bad. And Corey Davis got yeah. held, and we didn't get that Max. call. I knew the Jets were gonna win. There was, I was never, never in doubt. Since Zach Wilson has come, look at my NFL pickums. Each time has been Jets, Jets. Why? Because I believe in Zach Wilson, and I believe in his Jets team. It's funny to me. After the Ravens lost in week one, people were quick to say, oh, it's the same old Jets. Oh, because we got blown out by the Ravens. Although we held them to 63 rushing yards in that game, which is the lowest mark they've had this season and the lowest mark they've had in any Lamar Jackson start since he's been there. Miraculous comeback against Cleveland. Shout out to Joe Flacco. Zach Wilson, game-winning drive against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we dominated the Miami Dolphins. Dominated we, they, were, they were Dolphins. We were Sharks out there. That's the difference. We were Sharks. 
Zach Wilson is 2-0 since coming back. And we're just getting started. Oh, I'm hyped. Because in the offseason, week one of the preseason, I thought Zach might be done for the year. But guess what? He's not. We have three of the best rookies in the NFL in Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, and Garrett Wilson. A cornerback duo of DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, which is lockup. Tenth best pass and defense in the NFL right now. A front four that is elite. One of the league's best offensive linemen in Elijah Vera Tucker, AVT. I call him ADT because he protects everything at all angles. That's who AVT is. Offensive weapons galore. Brees, Carter, Wilson, Moore, Davis. I'll throw in Conklin in there. And the quarterback, a top 10 talent in Zach Wilson. <laughs> and people may laugh, but Zach Wilson's going to be that guy. You watch how that ball leaves his hand. It's a thing of beauty. It is. It's something I've never seen from a Jets quarterback in my history of watching Jets football. Wow, it's, it's true. Sadly. Chad Pennington? Those are different, though. I guess he does. He's got a crazy arm. I said this in the offseason. The Jets will be in the wild card race. The NFL is not ready for the New York Jets. Times are changing in New York, and we're seeing a glimpse of it. Like I predicted before the season, we will be in the wild card race. And this is the year we're taking flight. It's go time. Zach Wilson's back. The Jets are going to rack off eight to nine wins this season. Book it. There's no doubt about it. We know this. We know this. And I hope this Dolphins game woke everybody up. I don't care that it was a third stringer because when the Jets have had quarterback after quarterback that, that were backups that weren't good, we never got the leeway. So I don't care that we beat a Dolphins when they didn't have a quarterback. That defense was still out there. Those weapons on the outside were still out there. Mike McDaniel, the genius play caller, was still out there. And we did what we had to do. We took care of business at home. And they gave the fans like me something to cheer for that day. Extremely happy day. One of the best days of my life watching Jets football. Would you like to go, Drew? Or you want to do Dolphin, Jets, yeah, Jets, then back to yeah, Dolphins? Yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. You hit it on it perfectly. Because for the last six years, it's been the same old Jets. When they've had backup quarterbacks, when they've had bad quarterback plays, when they haven't had the weapons, when they've had the inferior coaching staff, when they've been banged up, we never got an excuse. It's always the same old Jets. It's always they can never figure it out. They don't have the franchise guy. They don't have the right coach, the right GM, whatever. We have never gotten the benefit of the doubt of the last six years. We've been one of the more injured teams in the last couple of years, too. Even this year, a little bit. Now, to start the season... Lose against Baltimore. Pretty good team. Then we beat Cleveland. Oh, it's Jacoby Brissett. Oh, we've lost a lot of teams been coached or with worse quarterback play than Jacoby Brissett over the last six years. I've watched plenty of those games. Then we lose to Cincinnati. We beat Pittsburgh. Mitch Trubisky. Oh, he's not a good quarterback. Kenny Pickett comes in at halftime. I remember when Baker Mayfield came in at halftime and lit us up and won that game a few years ago on Thursday Night Football. This is a different team, and I understand Dolphins fans. I get it. It was your third-string quarterback. <laughs> we didn't win 21-17. This wasn't a game-winning field goal. Was it a game at the end of the third quarter? Absolutely, 19-17. The Jets have been one of the best teams in the fourth quarter all season, and that has shown in Cleveland game, in the Miami game, that has to do with coaching with Robert Sala. We're not being penalized a lot. We're coming back in fourth quarters. We're staying in the game. And that has to do with Zach Wilson as well. Being able to stay composed. And that Pittsburgh game too. How could I forget coming back in the fourth quarter as well. He looked phenomenal his last two drives. 
this is the type of game against a third-string quarterback without Teron Armstead, without a couple corners Miami was missing as well. This is a game you go and you win 40-17 to and you don't leave anything for granted. You don't have any questions after leaving that game. The defense dominated. Quentin Williams has become an elite interior defensive lineman. JFM is having a fantastic season. You already talked about the corners, how elite they have been. Carl Lawson. Kawan Alexander was setting a tone with some of the hits he was he was laying on my. He's a hard hitter. So OD. It might sound repetitive coming from us with the same old Jets hyping them up year in and year out, and I understand that. But now we got the Packers. We are at Denver. We have Buffalo. We have games coming up. Now Buffalo might get a little ugly. We have games coming up though that in Denver and Green Bay. The media is going to start talking once we win these games. That Green Bay game is winnable. They just lost to the Giants, who all respected them 4-1. and one. They're a good team. We're just as good as the Giants. We could go out and beat Green Bay, even though it is in Lambeau just instead of London. The John, the yes. Network. Come on. 32nd in passing. Come Stop. on. We could, we're just as good as the Giants. We could beat them. Y'all Denver just lost it. to the Colts at home. Okay. We could beat Denver. Why? So once the Giants are 4-1 and, and we're 3-2? We're 3-2? Two? Two? Come on. Well, their defense is better than yours. Mm, it's we close. Have the, we it's have close. one of the better defenses. They, they have a better defense than you guys. Oh, they do. We have a better offense significantly. Significantly? We have the 11th ranked strong. offense in the NFL right now. Really? Yes. 11th? Yeah. You have Joe Flacco yeah. to thank for that. Oh, okay. 40 last week. Zach Wilson. But uh, um, 40, and Zach only had what? I don't even think he had a, a passing touchdown. Did he have one? He had a rushing. A rushing. There yeah. it is. It doesn't matter. So Zach we can't talk numbers because if we look at Daniel Jones' numbers. Zach, Zach. Mediocre. No, no we, no, we can because he's one of the league leaders in completion percentage. He's 32nd in pass attempts. He's fourth in first downs gained by rushing. He's 32nd in passing yards. Okay, because let's be honest. Are you throwing the football to Darius Slayton? No, if but he, it's a very small sample. Let's not disrespect Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton uh, is a good ball player. But that's your wide receiver one. Yeah. Can you name anyone else on the on that wide receiver? It's room? ugly. Uh, uh, Richard Richie James. Richie James. Yeah. Okay. Let's it's be ugly. honest with ourselves. Daniel you have, Jones you have to put is the ball still winning games. He is. He is. But you have to put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands to win games. I don't it. know if I trust he's, him. He's tied for the league most game-winning drives this season. He has three passing touchdowns. Okay. And what does this have to do with anything? Because he's been fine in a very limited sample he's size. He the has Titans. He has he's 30, the Packers. 32nd in pass the, attempts. The Jets' big wins this year. Are a comeback win against the Browns without their guy. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Okay. Browns have looked better than what we all expected. I'll give you. They're guys actually that one of the most efficient down. offenses Absolutely. in the NFL. They've been they're solid, like top five in EPA per play. And their defense had a stroke on the field that day. And against the Dolphins, who it was a third string quarterback. Divisional the Pits- game one Pittsburgh win. Oh, you mean the backup quarterback the Giants played in Cooper Rush and lost to at home. Cooper Rush is 4-0 right now, whatever he is. As I'm, a, I'm just undefeated. saying, the, Jet, the Jets goodness. be backup quarterbacks. It's a backup. No, no, the Giants not be backup, backup. quarterbacks. No, it's, it's not Cooper just Rush. a backup. It's not just a backup. It's the backup to the backup. Let's not act like people were telling Skylar Thompson should start at the end of preseason. People were saying pick. Skylar Thompson wait, start he, over what, 20. Wait, hold on. What's be the, honest, what substance the did that man? have? What substance did I have? Because people were calling my, for him to play. He had the flashes Giants in the, the preseason. Jets, I'm saying. You're saying you guys no, are just you're as taking, good as the Giants. You're taking, away, you're taking away from the Jets being a backup quarterback while you're hyping up Daniel Jones, who lost to a backup quarterback. against. That's his only loss this year. Okay, regardless. Right, Zach's played right, two games. All right, he beat Aaron Rodgers. We have played them next week. He be, and you... Let's see what happens. Okay, we play them Let's next week. Let's see what week. happens. Are we really Because you guys, that, you didn't give them a chance against the Packers. You didn't I said, give them a chance I said I wouldn't be surprised if they won. I against, said that. And the, the Titans back. are not a bad team. They no. won the game, bro, but they beat really, to win Are outside. we really doing this? He beat Aaron Rodgers, bro. Are we serious? No, but you're giving me slight. I'm only saying that. I'm, it's nice how you pick and choose. That's fine. Because I'm only saying that because you said he mean? lost to Cooper Rush. 
That's the only thing because I'm saying. Because you're shitting on us for winning against not, Miami. I'm not shitting on you guys. I'm just what, saying what these, you said your big, big wins. wins. Your big wins are against Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. a Thurston quarterback, and, and Skyler Thompson, mm-hmm. and a rookie making his debut, Kenny Pickett. It's, and the it's, Giants, I'm happy that you guys are having a winning record. You guys are the fifth seed in the AFC. It's something to be happy about. Wait, hold about. on, hold on. But the Jacoby Giants Brissett. have looked more impressive. Wait, hold on, hold on. Jacoby Brissett. With less. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let, let me ask you, Drew. Jacoby Brissett, is he better than Baker Mayfield? He clears. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett's been one of the most efficient okay. quarterbacks. No, listen, like, if we're going to hype up... Uh, wait, no, not, Daniel no, Jones has beat a Ryan Tannehill. I'm not laughing. I'm not Daniel laughing Jones has beat a Ryan Tannehill, Cooper Rush, Baker Mayfield, and Aaron Rodgers. Cooper Rush and... Tannehill, who is a top 20 quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, Cooper Rush, top Cooper Rush four, and Baker are not better than Jacoby Brissett this year. Jacoby's having a better season than both of them. He might be having better than Tannehill, too. Cooper Rush has been fine to the point where people, Jacoby's better yeah, than Cooper no, Rush. Cooper Rush it has been so good that on the show later, we're going to talk about whether there's actually substance behind the quarterback change. He's been winning. That's how good he's been. That, that doesn't mean he's going to leave that. He's been winning. Just a top no, he's been winning. But that, that's the whole... So why, what's the whole thing? He's been winning while doing very Joe Burrow lost stuff to Cooper Rush. Are we going to sit here and say that Joe Burrow's not as good as 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 everyone says? I just says don't know what what makes the Giants better than the Jets outside their, of a their record. Their defense is better. It, even still it's so marginal. Offensively, you guys have the more talent for sure across what the board. What elite offense have the Giants faced? They're well, elite not offense. The no, I get you. They haven't faced the a great offense yet. You can't say the Packers. We faced a great offense in the, in the Ravens, and we held them sixty-three rushing. But yards. you guys lost. Yeah, we couldn't generate any offense. And another great offense you guys played was the Bengals, and you got fried. Yeah, Giants would get fried by the Bengals too. Correct. Would they get fried? Yeah, Probably. yeah. they would. They haven't gotten they fried would. by anyone they've played because though. they faced. They, they limited really offenses. haven't played it. Yeah. Okay. See, you now, got fried by C.D. Lamb one in a football. What are you talking about? Cooper Rush fried them. Cooper Rush fried, fried them. They put up 23 points. Yes, and Cooper Rush made big-time throws to he Noah did, Brown and C.D. Lamb throughout that he, game. He made v- very big throws. Credit to Cooper Rush. They fried that defense. I'm just saying the Giants' defense fried? has been good, but we're going to talk about it later. Cooper the Rush, Giants The Giants are the, the worst, best team in, in football right now. We know it's this. It's just an easy statement to make. It's no, just it's an not. Easy it's statement a, it's to a make fact. Because they're ahead it's of a, schedule. It's a fact. It's a fact. They're ahead of schedule. It's a fact. And they have no wide receivers. It it's is a fact. fact. No, I agree with you. Yeah, the wor- it's, the worst it's a credit to the Giants. It's credit to Dable. He's fantastic. So, but uh, I'm with you. All right, let's give credit to Dable. Yes. Let's give credit to Saquon. Yes. And now let's give credit to Daniel Jones. Because if you can do all three, I'll shake your hand right now and we can move on. You know Daniel Jones' worst games of this season has been when he's thrown for 30 or more attempts. And his best games is when they've limited him to some games he's thrown for 13. I mean, he got hurt in the third quarter, came back only. I mean, I'll give Daniel Jones credit. He hasn't made a mistake. He hasn't made mistakes. His biggest, his biggest improvement by far, he has limited the turnovers. And that's what's kept the Giants in these games because all of these have been close games. The Giants have not smoked anybody. They haven't won 40 to 17. All of these games have been one possession. All these games have been damn near field goal games. What Daniel Jones has done is taken care of the football. He's not having any fumbling issues. I think he only has two interceptions on the year, maybe. He has taken care of the football. But outside of that, he has not. And the receivers, I get it. The How offensive line hasn't ability? been great. How his about that? For short. And we've known that, though. We've known it. The biggest surprise has been his ability to overcome the turnovers. Because usually court, young quarterbacks, it's hard for them to overcome. If you do it for three years straight, you usually have a good idea of what he's going to be. And, of course, this ended up turning to a giant segment. So I just have to get off my points. Saquon has been the pride and joy of this offense, and yeah. rightfully so, yes. he deserves the flowers that he's getting. In that third quarter, when they're down seven, when Saquon's out to injury, it was the Daniel Jones show. Off a of play action. 
So what though? He's one of the better quarterbacks off play action. No, I know, but it wasn't like he was dropping back every like but, play. There. And what are we? What are we trying to undermine that for? When this Packers defense is one of the better defenses, at least one of the better defense coming into the season. No, they're not, the, the Packers. They're not. I'm we, with you. We could have projected them to I'm be a good you. defense. They have not been I'm, a great defense. I don't this season. disagree. That being said, to be the only reliable option on that offense on your team. At that moment when Saquon's out and to go the entire length of the field and score a touchdown is credit to Daniel Jones. Nobody, nobody, I don't know if you're, I'm not taking away credit, no, any I'm credit ta- away I'm from Daniel Jones. this guy right here. How, what am I taking away? He's, he's done, he's not turned the ball over and kept no, them in games. How many times did you just reiterate to me that he's 32nd in passing? Does that not matter though? What? That he hasn't made mistakes and managed the game well. Yeah, that, that's, I give him credit. I don't think he's a franchise. Like, you're talking over here like he's a franchise guy. Like, he's the reason he's they're winning these he games. He is one of the reasons. No, no, Saquon's the biggest no. reason. Saquon, Dable, no, and their da- defense. No. So we're not going to give any No, Daniel Jones is Daniel. fourth on the list. If you want to put him fourth on the list, sure. I mean, he's the quarterback. At some point, you got to give him credit. But if it wasn't Dable, they're not winning these games. Against if the Saquon Packers, is hurt, they're not winning the these Packers, games. Who are you giving more credit to winning this game? Dable in, in or Daniel what? Jones? Saquon. And Dable, and Dable's number one every Dable, week. Dable, Kafka, Martin. Dable Dale. is number one. And that's no disc. Just like it's fucking Mike McDaniel, too. Every week when they were winning tight, Tua was up there, too. But Mike McDaniel has has brought this out of Tua. I'm not saying just like wrong. Just like Dable's done this saying. with Daniel Jones. I'm not saying you're wrong by any means. But again, end of the day, what does it come down to? Winning. Execution and winning. And they've won. And Daniel Jones has executed. Wait, going, we're going to talk about the Giants in a little bit, going depth onto them. Facts. But just Jets versus Giants position groups. We have the better defensive front. We have better linebackers. What do you mean? I'm the, not arguing. The, okay, no, just the Jets going. defensive front is elite. We have a better secondary by far. We but have weirdly, better receivers. But weirdly, their defense is better than your guys. Than your guys. Who they played? They've played against Aaron Rodgers. Say what you want to say. It's Packers Aaron, offense is not good. It's not good. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but Aaron Jones is still one of those guys that deserves respect. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers can make the most out of nothing. The only thing we'll say about Aaron Rodgers, he only seems in the second quarter to favor Randall Cobb. He doesn't trust these other guys. But I'm not saying you're wrong. Tennessee, they held Derrick Henry in check. And these last couple of weeks, we've seen Derrick Henry be Derrick Henry. So for them to do what they did against Derek is a credit to them. And we have Lamar you, Jackson. You know the Packers are averaging 19 points per game? No, they've been bad. Like, we're going to get into Aaron Rodgers, too, and the Giants in well, the next segment. Well, then if you guys knew this was coming, then why didn't you guys pick the Giants? I said it wouldn't surprise me if they won. Okay. I didn't pick the Giants because, yeah, I picked the Packers. But I'm, I didn't go into the week being shocked if they were going to lose this game or win this look, game. Look, the Giants' anything. defense has been executing. I think that's true. Their statistics look better than the Jets. But – Nobody will sit there and say they're taking the talent on the Giants' defense over the Jets' defense. But nobody will. They've say executed. That. Yeah, the coaching staff's been. They've been amazing. Fantastic. Really nobody on the Giants' secondary can touch Sauce and DJ Reed. No, at all. Nobody but on the Giants' no defensive thing, line, which is why Dexter Lawrence, I give him his respect. It's a, it, Dexter Lawrence. But when you have Quentin Williams, John Franklin Myers, and Carl Lawson, yeah, we got we got boys up front to get after it. And then we got the better quarterback in Zach Wilson. That I don't know. No, that's a fact. That I don't know. That's a fact. That's a fact. And if, if your boy isn't better than Daniel Jones in your heart, that would probably make me very sad. Zach Wilson clears Daniel Jones. Clears? Yes. Okay. It's not even close. I, I not really even close. don't think it's close. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well said. Because look at Daniel Jones' rookie season. If Zach doesn't at least put up those numbers this year, then that question really he'll, comes he'll in. probably have less than 17 fumbles. Okay, we, we got to throw twenty four <laughs> touchdowns oh, solid. at least. Solid. Zach, passing and rushing, Zach will, Zach will get there. 
It went must what four games, three games. Because when you it comes there. to rushing, we're talking yeah. about Daniel Jones being amongst one of the better in the league. Zach Wilson's up there for sure. Yeah, but he's not Daniel. No, but I think he. Daniel's I think he's definitely better in the pocket. First downs in the league. I think he's much better avoiding. I think he's much better avoiding sacks in the pocket using athleticism there. Really? Yeah. When Daniel Jones has been pressured the second most in the league, and he's seventeenth in total percentage of pressures turned into sacks. Look at Daniel look at what Jones Zach, look, look what Zach Wilson did. Look what Zach Wilson did against the Steelers. The he got pressure. Zach was pressured on fifty percent of his dropbacks versus Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's one of twice? the better front sevens. Also, how many Even times with, he like yeah, he, was, he was sacked very like his times. number is incredibly low too. Yeah, it, and he wasn't pressured at all against and, Miami. And they got Daniel, three pressures. And, I think and the Giants' offensive line has improved, and even still, it's not been great. Evan Neal's been one of the worst offensive tackles. This season, he's given up the most sacks to any lineman yes. and tie. No, excuse me, tie for the most sacks of any offensive lineman and the most sacks by a rookie lineman. Tack- this year. So tackles take a line. while. So you're Andrew only- Thomas struggled too. Like I think Evan Neal's gonna be fine, but he so, is so we're only no, talking Thomas about has been unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, so the Giants, his rookie year, he the basis, the, the basis of the Giants being better than the Jets is literally they have a better record and they've won impressive games. Word. So us is that going wrong? out, us I, going to Miami I, I is impressive. I didn't have the Packers as a top ten team. You, Forty to seventeen is impressive, no doubt. That's impressive. To Coming me. back against Cleveland's not impressive. It's a good win, of course. And on the road in Pittsburgh, it's a good win. They just gave the Chargers fits. The, the Pittsburgh game, game was a good win, but we've had conversations. They suck. We is know. Pittsburgh low key the worst team in the league outside of the Panthers? Uh, they're one. Yeah, top, bottom five for sure. It's and a third string quarterback. Listen, I would feel great because it's a division win. You haven't had that in a while. You smoked them. You smoked them. Yeah. But it's a third string quarterback, sixth round pick. We can sit here and be real for a second. Beat the Packers. I sit here and I apologize. Okay. Miami beat the Bills. Yeah. This Jets team that can make the playoffs, you got to take one. That'd be tough. Take one. That'd be tough. Miami took one. If y'all think that you guys are on Miami's level. Take one. Oh, we just have to give them a fight. That's really you need it. a win. We don't have win. to win to prove. Because if Miami didn't be beat the teams. Bills, then this Tyreek trade is for nothing. You got to slay the beast uh, in your early. division. It's early. The Bills are the beast in the division. No, for sure. But uh, week three L against the B- Buffalo doesn't say this is a bad Tyreek trade. But again, you guys are on a different mission than what Miami's on. You guys are trying to rebuild. Miami made a move to put themselves yes. in real contention. And yeah. we also got well, clarification. Th- we got clarification that Tyreek Hill chose Miami because of state income tax. He was just being an, an asshole. Well, but the maybe Jets, there's some truth to that too. But. The Jets, they were in the Tyreek's no, sweepstakes. Sure. Like, they view themselves as rebuilding but also contending. Like, Robert Sala said, we're done losing 12 straight divisional games. We're done not competing. Like, Robert Sala, he was a great addition for you guys. Yeah, He's trying to change the culture the, like Dabble. The Jets... See themselves as that contender too, even though we might think they're still rebuilding. They they need some pieces still for sure. The sense in that locker room is not rebuilding. It's we're gonna go and compete. Brees Hall said, "We look at these rookies." Said, "Bro, we're so fucking good. Like these nice. rookies, first year guys. I get it, but like these are real difference makers and already some of the best at their own position." This is a perfect segue into this next topic because the Giants did beat the Packers twenty seven to twenty two. Now, did this? game showcase that the Giants um, are as good as their record depicts, or did it just expose the Packers? Let's talk on the Packers first because we just spoke a lot about the Giants and the Jets. The Packers have been probably the most disappointing, have been probably the second most disappointing team, the first being the Denver Broncos. The Packers, if you knew, which I did know, Without Devontae Adams, this offense was going to take a huge hit. Because if you watch that Niners game, 
there was two people that Aaron Rodgers felt comfortable throwing the ball to. It was Devontae Adams, and it was Aaron Jones. You took away arguably the best wide receiver, to most the best wide receiver in football off of his team, and you left him Aaron Jones with A.J. Dillon as well, who was a fine complimentary back as well. He Last season, he was very efficient. But this year, they've struggled to find their legs. Why? Because they don't have a true X. Where we're, we're seeing Lazard being used. We're seeing Randall Cobb being used more than probably should be. We're seeing Christian Watson get minimal opportunity, even though he was the rookie that they that they spent. They, I believe they traded up. They yeah. traded up to, yeah. to acquire Christian Watson, and we were higher on Christian Watson because he has the ability to to be that that gadget guy He's to a degree. He's been schemed up too a lot of just which, recently, which is yeah. exactly what we were expecting as well. But there's no rely and Romeo Dobbs. I cannot disrespect Romeo has been very impressive for where he was drafted as well. There was no guy at the wide receiver position that you looked at and thought, man, they could still thrive in the passing game. The only reason why you could have had any type of belief of that was because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And even still, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he is not great enough to elevate these guys that are on his team right now. Aaron Jones, he's been a great he's been great in terms of efficiency. One of the, I believe he is the league leader in terms of yards per carry, but it's been on minimal attempts as opposed to a Saquon, a Chubb, a Derrick Henry. This offense is lacking. It's that simple. The defense, as you alluded to earlier, has not been what we had expected coming into this season, and the defense needed to elevate to that level for the Packers to be the dominant team that people thought they could be. Now to talk about the Giants. We spoke about it a lot. Dabble is... The reason why the Giants are in this position. You have to credit Brian for a majority of their success. He has brought in a culture that the Giants have not had in a long time. He's trying to change the mindset in these players of fuck it, why not us? He has been stellar up until this point. The schemes that he's drawn up on offense, the plays that he's drawn up for Saquon, Saquon being the lone back in the field, running wildcat, it's been effective up until this point. Saquon has been amazing, and he's number two on that, this list of, of things of people that deserve credit. Saquon in both the passing and the rushing, he leads the league right now in scrimmage yards. He has been fantastic. Now, we mentioned it earlier, the defense, the top 10 defense in terms of points per game, you got to give them their credit. But Daniel Jones needs respect because he's doing this with Shepard out, with Kenny Galladay out, and even when he was on the field, what was he really? Kadarius Tony. With Kadarius Tony, who's missed time, who's probably who knows when he's going to play next at this point. Wandale, who was their their early pick that has not been able to step on the field, he's been able to put together game winning drives, three of them tied for most in the league with Kirk Cousins, with a mediocre at best supporting cast. And the only reason why they get mediocre is because Saquon Barkley is on this team. I get it. Dable is number one. Saquon's number two. But I'll be damned if we overlook Daniel Jones. Over Marndale, who's leading one of the better defenses in the league. Listen, of course, I said we got to give the defense their credit. I said that in my, my opening statement. If you'd listen to me, I'd appreciate that. No, but you mentioned Dable, Saquon. I'm just saying right now. Jones. Because when I opened my statement, I said, of course, the defense is top 10. It's top it's 10 in, in terms of I'm not of saying that. I'm saying you you said Dable's number one, Saquon's two, Jones is three. I said, I'll be damned if we don't mention Daniel Jones. I don't have a problem with that. I'm saying I'm saying Jones three over the defense. Statement. I'd appreciate if you let me finish. Is that all right? No, no. I'm is just saying cool Jones over the defense no. at three. I mean, let's be real, though. 
Quarterbacks win games for you. Defenses can win games for you. And Daniel has led three game winning drives. Who stopped the Who stopped the Packers in the red zone? Shout out to them. Absolutely. Oh, okay. But who, with Saquon out, put together a drive to tie the game? That was Daniel Jones. Who put together a great drive with Saquon in? Thank God. I'm glad that he was okay and was able to come back into the game. Daniel Jones gets slighted when this is the first year he's had a competent offensive mind. Saquon is the Saquon we thought he would be when, when we saw his rookie season. And, and a glimpse of it his second year, it's unfortunate that he missed some time. And Andrew Thomas also. Shout out to him. The highest graded left um, tackle in the league right yeah. now. He's a beast. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to share a name with him. But even still, the offensive line has not been great. Like I mentioned earlier, number two in pressures, top 10 in sacks. I believe he's number, I think he's been sacked seventh most off the top of my head. I apologize if you could check me out. I'd appreciate it. But even still, Daniel Jones' ability to scramble outside the pocket has boded extremely well for this team because he is number four in terms of four of first downs gained by rushing. I believe the only ones that have more are, are Nick Chubb, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Jacobs. Daniel Jones is fourth with 21. This Giants team has been fun to watch, and it's been fun mostly because no one really expected this from them, and that's why they're able to go out there and play loose because they have nothing to lose, and that's what Dabble's in, in, instilled in these guys. We're going to talk about it later, whether they're one of the pretenders or are they a real 4-1 team, but let's just appreciate the fact that they're out there doing what they're doing with the limited personnel that they have. Daniel, They're early to the process. Yeah, for sure. Daniel Jones, eighth most sacks. He's eighth most. 14. I hit it right in the nail. Let's go. 14. Nobody's taking away credit from the Giants. It's just people trying to hype them up into a conversation that they do not belong in. Even with the Giants being 4-1, and one, they are not a top 15 team in football. I, I don't even know if they're a top 18 team in football right now. There are so many teams better than the Giants, despite their 4-1 record. They had the luxury of playing a, a schedule as of now that hasn't been one of the toughest in the league. It's just what it is. And this is the <laughs> NFC East. So in, the NFC like East that. in totality has not faced great teams thus far. The Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants. The Commanders have had the toughest start. In the Eagles played the Vikings. They smoked them. Cowboys played the Bengals. They handled them with Cooper Rush yeah. as their quarterback. Cowboys played the who? The Bengals. When they were struggling, I understand. Come on. This Rams team is not good either. No, and the Rams is not good, but even still, the Rams are no, the Rams. It was a dominant game. The Rams are the Rams. Yeah. Looking at this Giants game, this exposed the Packers. This didn't tell me anything new about the Giants that I didn't already know. Come on. What did it tell me about the Giants? You're not wrong. Coming into the game, what what did I and people How many ways do they have to win? They have to win one way. Good defense, take care of the ball. What was less Saquon? Eat. What What did I That's know about the Giants, Joe? Coming into this game, what did I know about the Giants? They're limited offensively. They rely on Saquon Barkley. They play aggressive defense. Did they rely on Saquon Barkley against the Packers? Yes, they did. Fantastic. What are we he, talking? No, he was about? great. Yes. When he went down, was it? Oh my God, we need Saquon back out there. We're nothing without him. They were not. They weren't stressing they in that moment. They didn't panic. Because they went the length of the field and scored the game-tying touchdown. Yes, they don't Saquon win without Saquon heart. Barkley. Of course. I'm with you. That's it. They don't win with Sa- without Saquon Barkley. 
but it's not completely relying on Saquon. Nobody if said this it was. Game sh- no, you're saying this game didn't sh- this game sh- didn't shake. They didn't shake. have Saquon the whole game. They won. Of course not. <laughs> Saquon, Saquon is Saquon. Not fair. This be- you That's take the best I'm offensive saying. player. That's all I'm saying. No, you're just misconstruing the point at hand. Saquon is obviously the Giants' most important offensive Absolutely. player. Absolutely. There's no doubt about Absolutely. it. The offense runs through Saquon Barkley. Definitely. Daniel Jones, was he miraculously able to pull out a 91-yard drive without Saquon? Yes. Miraculously. Don't, what, don't slide what him. Is, it was, <laughs> don't slide it, him. It was, it was a big-time drive, but the drive you're talking about right after, Daniel Jones jumped, dumped off a pass to Saquon. He took it 40 yards. Like, what are we talking about here? How many here? times do we see that? It's Saquon Barkley. What are we talking Sa- Saquon Barkley early in the game, a wildcat formation, Rushed for forty plus yards. Another he had big time explosive plays. Surprise! Saquon's good at football. All right, we're not saying this is a surprise, but Saquon is the engine to their of offense. Of course, he That's is. That's without a doubt. I think, and, our, and so yeah. the Giants rely on their defense. They rely on Saquon Barkley, and they win ugly. That's the only way the Giants can win. They can win ugly. That's it. You look at their touchdowns after the first. The this first, wasn't an ugly win. It was an ugly win. How? Was it not an ugly win? Are we? Cr- they were down we- seventeen to three and came back and won. What are we doing? What are we doing? The way That's they ugly? won was ugly. Saquon went out and Daniel what Jones we went ninety about? yards go, no, and tied the game. I'm curious. Go ahead. How is I'm actually, it ugly? I'm actually astonished that you don't understand what I mean when I say an ugly win. This I'm, was I'm, an ugly win. How? The, this game was ugly. Like, th- was it, this game not ugly? It was seventeen to three. It was an amazing comeback win. Nobody's saying win. it wasn't. It wasn't an ugly win, though. Win. Nobody is saying it wasn't an amazing comeback win. It was an amazing, resilient win. It was Explain still to me how it was ugly. an I, ugly win. I just want to know in your logic. The way the offense was moving, the way they were schemed up, just the, the, the game script of the game, the script of the game. It's Saquon Wildcat. It's a bunch of misdirection stuff. The Daniel Bellinger touchdown, a double sweep at the red zone. You for the Giants creative to, play calls for the Giants. This is the thing for the Giants to succeed offensively, they have to window dress a lot of this stuff. And for the most part, like the, the Packers were vulnerable defensively. They're one of they're the thirtieth ranked defense in terms of rushing DVOA. The rushing defense is they're one of bad. the worst rushing defenses right. in the NFL. They're a bottom twenty DVOA team. Yep. It's ugly because outside of the, the only drive that I looked at the Giants and I was like, wow, this was very impressive was the 91-yard Daniel Jones drive where they moved down the field effortlessly. But for the most part, they had favorable field position, and they only had to make a couple plays to get into that uh, to get into that territory. We look at the three touchdowns they had. Saquon wildcard, wild, wildcat run, which put them in the red zone. Bellinger touchdown off the double sweep. Daniel Jones in the third quarter, he led a 91-yard touchdown drive without Saquon after he was out to a shoulder injury. And then... The game-winning touchdown with six minutes left in the fourth quarter, Wildcat Saquon Barkley. 20, 21 points, three touchdowns, the rest were field goals. The way the Giants have to win these games are ugly. The Titans win was an ugly win. It was. The Panthers win was an ugly win. The way they struggled offensively I, versus I struggle, the Dallas. Struggled. I do the, struggle with the Titans being an ugly win. Just they got the it fact, done. It was the, it was, to it was go a, for two yeah, in yep, that yep. situation, and, and this is where people get it confused. Where winning feels good, right? Although winning feels good, it does not take away from how the game played out. I look at a a great win, an impressive showing. What the Bills did to the Steelers, the way the Chiefs were able to come back on the Raiders, how they flowed effortlessly offensively. 
without having to window dress all this stuff. That's fantastic offensive football. I don't look at the Giants and I say, wow, this is a fantastic offensive football team. I say no one sees that. I, I, exactly. When you have a struggling offense, have a receiver. when you have a struggling offense, you win ugly. That's what I mean about winning ugly. There's no doubt the Giants are building culture. They deserve a lot of credit. I think in one offseason, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, they've brought in the right guys, they brought in the right pieces. But like Joel has been saying, and I agree with him on this, Brian, da- say I would say Saquon because he's the weapon. I know Dable's scheming up for him, but he's the guy that's really taken that oh, no big-time step no this doubt. season. Never in doubt. Saquon, Dable, Martindale has his defense playing aggressively, and Martindale, no, I'm good. And Martindale, even in Baltimore, was known for his exotic schemes. It's ugly because you look at the Packers offensively, there's one gear. It's a quick passing game. It's getting out the it's getting the ball out of Rodgers' hands quick. And their only answer for punishing teams when they're when they're closing in on their quick passing game is okay, we're just gonna send Romeo Dobbs or or Randall Cobb or whoever else on a goal route. We're not gonna do any double move. We're not gonna scheme up a little wheel route here, a rub route to get somebody open on the sideline. It's just run deep and Aaron Rodgers is gonna is gonna fucking throw it to you 60 yards, he's going to hit it. He's the best quarterback of all time. The Packers right now are lacking creativity offensively. This wouldn't be that big of a problem, their lack of offensive weapons, if they were able to scheme up something creative. But it's not. It's a bunch of little quick screens. It's slants. It's in routes. The game was ugly. The Packers, outside, once the first half ended, they couldn't generate anything offensively. It was a second-half shutout. Do I credit Daniel Jones for shutting out the Packers offense in the second half, I credit Wink Martindale. So that's the only point we're making about it goes Dable, Saquon, Martindale, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, yes. We're, we're over here saying, we're not saying, yo, he had a fantastic three touchdown performance. We're over here saying, yo, just thankfully, Daniel Jones didn't make a mistake. And I think the Giants, after each win or after each game, thankfully, he hasn't made Brian, almost Brian, any mistakes Brian this Dable, season. Brian Dable. They're going out these games like, okay, Daniel Jones didn't make a mistake this week. Okay, Again. sigh of relief, sigh uh, of relief. Why? But that's not. It's still not, not expected. Truth, it's still man. not expected going forward. And, and, no, and that's it is what I'm saying. Expected. This game 100% exposed the Packers more than it told me anything about the Giants. This game, the Packers. We're talking about a team that back to back weeks against the Patriots and the Giants have struggled defensively against not so good offenses. Am I giving Daniel Jones a ton of credit when Bailey Zappi lit up the Packers? <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? Lit up. It was, it's a great showing, but this didn't, doesn't tell me anything different about the Giants. We know they're building a great culture. Are they a legit wild card playoff Devontae contender? Devontae Parker like would that. come here and be the Giants wide receiver one. Jacoby Myers is a good football player. Without a doubt. He is a good football Without player outside of being on the Giants or the Patriots alone. He can go to a lot of teams and yeah. be successful. He would come to the Giants and be their wide receiver one. For sure. Without a Nelson doubt. Aguilar could come to the Giants and be their wide receiver one. Yes. Hunter Henry could come to the Giants and be their number one receiving <laughs> option. The Giants are pathetic at the wide receiver position Worse than as of right now. Worse than the league. And they're four and one. And Daniel Jones is making it work. Saquon is the best offensive player on this team. But again, you by far and away, 
but you can't gloss over the fact that Daniel's doing this with nothing. That's the only point I'm making. Yes, and it's a bit of a chicken or the egg situation. Because these wide receivers, you have none. Because the tight ends aren't good. Because the offensive line isn't good. Dable has to protect Daniel Jones, and he's doing the right thing. Like I mentioned, I'm not here shitting on... And the reason why I wasn't over here defending this ugly win, I love what the Giants are doing. In the offseason, we were all high on Joe Shane, on Brian Dable, on the draft class they had. We all saw what they were doing. But to your credit, or to your point, Drew... This is all faster than expected. We did not expect them to start off four and one, beating no the Packers, right? These are all, regardless of how they look right now, these are games we were not expecting them to win or even look at now saying the Packers are probably still more talented than them. The Titans are still probably more talented than them, but they're getting these wins regardless. Just to talk about the Packers a little bit. Coming into the season, I had them win the division, right? I had them in first, Minnesota in second. Tight race thing, hadn't buy a game. Mm. But my biggest gripe or my biggest concern was they'll win regular season games, but once the playoffs come around, I don't trust them at all. And I think quickly into the season, we have shown we might be overstating it, or I might have been understating it is what I should say. Last week when we did our power rankings, I didn't have them in my top 10. Facts. I don't think they're a top 10, 10, top 10 team in the league this year. And while their defense has been really good, their third down defense elite, top 10 scoring, top 10 sacks, Week one, Vikings, it was probably Kirk Cousins and Jetta's best game of the season. Week two, against the Bears, Justin Fields attempted 11 passes. Week three, they played the Bucks with Russell Gage as their wide receiver one. Week four was the Pats with Bailey Zappi and their wide receiver one being Jacoby Myers, who's really good, but not one of the premier wide receivers. I'm with and you. Bailey Zappi still put up a good game. They still win, so overtime. And then this past Matt week... Matt play calling. Yeah, and this past week against the Giants. So while they have these numbers, these statistics as a really good defense, when you go through and look at the teams they played... They really aren't stepping up. The Vikings and the Bucks game are the two ones that even played, you know, above average quarterbacks. You could talk Daniel Jones all you want with Kirk Cousins and Aaron and Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, and they still had decent games, even though it wasn't a 303 touchdown game by Brady. He didn't have any receivers, and they still were getting carved up. They haven't been good with a pretty light schedule to start. I don't think this is going to be much better going forward because of the weapons. And overall, it's not a Super Bowl team. They're they're not able to go out and dominate offensively like they did when Tay was there. Matt LaFleur, who I thought was a borderline top five coach, has shown without Tay, he hasn't been able to get creative. Look what Brian Dable is doing with Saquon, getting guys involved with the reverses. And over here, you have Aaron Jones, you have A.J. Dillon, who's... For whatever reason, A.J. Dillon's snap share has gone down dramatically week by week when he's probably their second best playmaker. And third and two at the red zone, they don't run it one time. Yeah, it, it really is infuriating at times. I, I did think LaFleur was a good coach, and it hasn't been the case. Um, and then just to quickly cover the Giants, like I mentioned, I do like what they're building, but I'm still reserved on Daniel Jones being the guy. Can he be – Can he? has he upgraded from being a backup quarterback to a bridge quarterback? I think he's shown that. I think in the system with Brian Dable, he has shown to limit the mistakes, and that's exactly what uh, a bridge quarterback would need him to do. Don't make mistakes. Take care of the football. Jimmy G.S. be able to make some throws here or there. But as we've mentioned on the show before, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. They declined his fifth-year option. So you have two choices. You're going to franchise tag him for $30-plus million, or he's going to get a two-, maybe three-year extension, yeah, two we years guaranteed, probably within that 20 to $25 million range. And if you're the Giants, I think that's fine for a bridge quarterback. But I still don't know if you could count on Daniel Jones to be your franchise guy. I'm not there yet. Has he done enough? Has he proven me wrong to this point? Because coming into this year, I'm like, this guy's a backup quarterback. He has shown that he's more than that. He could be a capable starter in this league with the right pe- with the right coaching around him. And does this offense look different when Kadarius Tony, if he comes back, if. Randall, Rand, uh, uh, Wondell, Wondell Robinson, mm-hmm. 
Odell, there's rumors of that too. Like if they get DJ some of Moore, these receivers back, NFL. maybe it looks different and maybe we could rely on Daniel Jones right now. But Daniel Jones being bottom 25 in yards per attempt, 32nd in passing yards per game, 32nd in pass attempts per game. I'm not there yet. Dable's been protecting like he should, but until Daniel Jones has those moments of being able to go and carry this team, which he can't right now offensively, I get it, but you still have to show me that for me to be like, yeah, that's their franchise guy. I don't think if Mitch Trubisky's in this offense, it looks any different. It looks I, the same. I think it does. It Mr. looks Trubisky had I'm not even going to answer that, actually. I think it does. Mitch Trubisky was bad. He was really bad. I'm not even going to acknowledge it. In Pittsburgh with Matt Canada. True. Their, their play calling might be the worst in the league. Yeah, if he's he was with Dable... And his when he's played with Dable, he was really good. I don't know. Trubisky can hit the same throws Daniel Jones can hit. He has the same type it's of mobility true. he has. It's not true. It's not. It's not. I think Dan, I do think Daniel Jones is is above Mitch Trubisky pretty comfortably. I don't think so. I, I think it's about the same. I think I he do. is. I do. Mitch Trubisky got benched in in Pittsburgh because they have a first round pick quarterback. That's really it. It's I mean, he wasn't garbage. playing well. He wasn't. You got to understand when he got when he got benched. Pickett looked. I mean, listen. They did obviously got, got smoked, got but benched. Pickett made some really good throws against. He Buffalo. got benched versus the Jets after he had a throw to Deontay Johnson, which was a dime of a throw. It was a if Deontay keeps his feet in bounds, yeah, that's a touchdown. And it was a borderline touchdown. And Deontay has had a lot of those close calls this season. I know that hasn't gone where his way. He just yeah, it just hasn't where his, gone like, his, his way. His pinky toe is out or some shit. I'm just saying, Mitch Trubisky got pulled because there's a quarterback and that's a first rounder waiting right behind him. But he's, Mitch came he's in. Next Gino. No, Mitch. I don't think so. Pickett came in against the Jets. I mean, he made mistakes, but this Buffalo game, he made some really impressive throws that I don't think Mitch is making. I think he was good against Buffalo. Kenny Pickett is better than Mitch. Mitch yeah, Mitch for Trubisky, sure. No doubt. For sure. But he, Kenny Pickett is also better than Daniel Jones, too. I mean, it's one game. It's it's a very small sample size. I know, but I, I do think Kenny Pickett, just from what I've seen, his accuracy, I think he is better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, like I, I think he's a serviceable quarterback, but... This isn't the Giants' long-term option. I agree. And do you think he's their franchise? In, like, are you? Because th- this, this, this is our biggest. Bro, this is our in, biggest I, disagreement. We think we're in year. We're in year four, and we're still talking about all the surrounding parts around Daniel Jones. Is that wrong? No, it's not. But our biggest disagreement right now seems to be around Daniel Jones. We love what the Giants are doing. We've been loved what they've done since since the offseason. You and I understand that. Our disagreement is not with the Giants. It's with Daniel Jones. It's solely with Daniel Jones. Because I think, like, when you stack them against some of the best teams in the NFC, I don't think they're better than the Cowboys. it started with the Giants. It started with the Giants as a whole, but now it's solely isolated on Daniel. Yes, because we agree on the Giants. Like, we know this this is a a gritty football team, a well-coached football team, a team that doesn't make mistakes, but against the other top teams in the, in the NFC, like I don't think they're better than Dallas. I don't think they're better than Philadelphia. I think Minnesota would beat them. Um, I think the 49ers would beat them. I think the Bucks would beat them. Like these are all teams I think pretty comfortably beat them. Like, can they compete with the Rams? Probably. The Cardinals? Probably. But those top tier opponents, I can't put them in that stratosphere yet, even though they won games against the Titans and against the Packers, just because I don't trust Daniel Jones against those top tier quarterbacks. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's not top tier, but Kirk Cousins clears him right now. The top tier quarterbacks is where you give me a hard. I have like a with, hard with time Hertz, with Dak with Brady Aaron Rodgers. Is but, a top uh, no, no, five, no, for sure. But, but it has my, it has the they have the team too. Like so, all, all right, these so guys it's have. It's not. It's more so the team than the top tier quarterbacks. It's the It's both. It's both because he. Because I understand you, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, top tier quarterback without a doubt. But I think we understand this wide receiver room is, is, is bad. Let me see Daniel Jones with a true number one. I don't disagree, but I don't we're not gonna see it this year. It's tragic. Like you could say that, but it's not gonna happen. Unless unless Odell comes in and even still that's gonna be week twelve, maybe. 
Like, they, we're, it's going to be wild. They beat the Ravens. Are we having a different conversation next week? Yeah, I mean, it depends how it looks for sure. Because, like, if Daniel Jones goes and throws 170 yards on 25 attempts again, it's going to be like, they're just a good football team that I still think is limited. You know what I mean? Like They are limited until they get a wide receiver one. Which they, unlike, I don't think they're going to trade for DJ Moore. In 2022, Moore. you're not going to lose a game because of DJ. <laughs> I don't. I'm not ready to say that. Is, a game. A game. Right. A as game? of right. I mean, yes, you could lose a game for sure. A game. Any quarterback's liable yes, to lose a exactly. game for you. They're, but right now, you're not going into it thinking, man, DJ's going to be the no, main he's showing focus. Out. He's showing Thank out. you. Yeah. That's it. He's showing out. It's by showing out, so, I mean he's been a great game manager. And, and I'm, not what, yes, I, 100%. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. That type of do, security is more so due to, I trust Brian Dable. Yes. That's like, really it. I think you put a lot of. Bro. If, if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm looking up to God and saying, thank you for bringing Brian Dable into my life. Yes. But now bring me a wide receiver one so I can show you that I was worth the pick that you spent on me. So you would have Daniel, if well, you had to choose right they, now, if you had to choose, you're the Giants, this hypothetical world. They, they already, they already they, no, said they declined they're, they're, the fifth year. Not. They already but declined that, it. But that doesn't mean that they can't bring him back. I know, but and if I'm the, the Giants, option, they already said we're, he wasn't We're sitting working. pretty because Daniel Jones is not in a position to ask for high-level money. He's not going to ask for $30 million. He has no leg to stand on if he were to do that. You're looking at getting a starting-level quarterback for twenty million to $25 million. That's a steal. In this market, that is a come-up. You can spend money elsewhere to better the roster. You, They've shown very early that they can get it done with little. Fill out the roster. Things can get scary. So are you Daniel Jones franchise for the Giants? For this price tag, absolutely. Get him a wide receiver one. Things can get serious. Brian Dable and Joe Shane already told everybody that he wasn't worth the pick he was drafted with by not accepting the fifth-year option. That's fine, but you can't... His four or his three years up to this, you shouldn't pick up his fifth-year option. And especially, it would have been over. With, it would have been over twenty million dollars. Like that's it would, exactly what I'm saying. And yeah, so you could get I, him for less than that. I I understand why they declined it. I would have declined it. Even looking back on it, you probably still could decline it and get him for around the same price. It could be a one year prove a deal if I'm the Giants. Yeah. You pay him eighteen million. Give you play on this one year eighteen million. If you show out, we we fill out the roster. It's just what if we'll give you the long term contract. I don't want the hypotheticals. Look, I do look. <laughs> I I really it's. It's hilarious having this conversation because I think it's pretty simple. Daniel Jones has been fine, but nothing, I mean nothing, has shown anybody that he is a long-term answer at quarterback for any team in the NFL. Nothing. I just, nothing. I, mean, I really, I really want to see the Giants against well, I, a, a top offense. That when I was getting to the quarterback, that's what I want to see. Oh, that's what I'm. That's I'm what fine I want to see. Because yes. if we're going strictly quarterbacks, then I have Tra- answers. Yes. Rogers, yeah. Four and one teams right now that we are most to least confident about. There are five four and one teams right now: the Bills, Giants, Cowboys, Vikings, and Chiefs. So, if I'm ranking them from most to least confident, I'm most confident in the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> they win close games more than anybody. Their offense is versatile, aggressive playmaking defense. Spagnola always draws a lot of pressure. And Chris Jones is one of the best defensive linemen That's in the NFL. Without a doubt. The Bills are number two. Josh Allen is a one-man show offensively, disciplined on defense. It doesn't matter the personnel they have. One-man show strong. Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen is him. He's a so one-man show. So is Stephon show. Diggs. 
Stephon Diggs is him, but Josh Allen. The, the the entire offense runs through yeah. Josh Allen. I mean, he's a Josh one Allen's man show offense player on their team. Yes, he's kind of like Trey Young in the NBA, where if you have him on your team, you're a top five offense locked in because of Josh. Allen. But it's not like excuse me, it's not like Stephon Diggs is a scrub. He's nowhere near. And I'm not Nobody's saying that's what you're saying. He's a scrub. Or you're just saying they're one dimensional. They're just Josh Allen. They are. It is. It's Josh Allen centric. Just like the Ravens. If Stephon Diggs was not on this team, it's completely different conversation. Is Lamar Jackson not a one man show on Baltimore? Is he not the offense? Is there a Stephon Diggs on that team? Is Mark Andrews Uh, not a great tight end? Hey, you got me. That's exactly. You know what I mean, bro. That's what I'm talking about. I would still say Mark Andrews is a great option. But still, we know that these offenses are are run through these quarterbacks entirely. I understand what you're saying. It's, I apologize. He, this guy attempted 60 passes no, against the you. Dolphins. Like, most drawbacks ever. It's fair. You're Disciplined on defense. I, I think it doesn't even matter if they've been interchanging their defensive personnel. They're just well coached, and that's a credit to um, – I'm for blanking on this guy's name, bro. Sean McDermott? Sean McDermott. Yeah, gotcha. I can't believe okay. I'm blanking on I mean, I, j- I blanked on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Sean, Sean McDermott. Sentimental he's just an amazing league. coach. Number three. He's pretty damn I have the Dallas Cowboys, top three defense in the NFL. Offense is still limited, extremely limited. But when Dak comes back, I think they're going to be a legit contender to to make it out of the NFC into the Super Bowl. They're that good. I'm with you. And when Dak comes back, that's really it. But they're that that good. Minnesota Vikings are four. Because the question I, I come away with whenever I watch the Vikings is, how good are they really? How how good are the Vikings? You've been burned before. They should have dominated the Bears. They didn't dominate the Bears. They let them come back in the game. That was weird. And if it wasn't for a Cam Dancer ripping Amir Smith or Marset, then they might yeah. lose the game. That was disrespectful what he did to him. Taking yeah. the ball from him like that? Yeah, that like Kirk, this season, you compare his this season versus other seasons in uh, Minnesota. He's off to a slow start. The offense can look great and bad within the same game, within the same quarter, to be honest. And the defense is 22nd against the pass and 20th against the run. So right now, Minnesota, they're 4-1, and one, but there is a lot of can I really trust them when you talk about them, when you factor that in, because they are a team that is very hot and cold. And the last team is the Giants, least confident about them. Culture is changing, but I'm still not sold on them to do anything of significance this season. I think this is what they are, a team that gets off to a hot start, 4-1, and one, and there's going to be a point in the season where they go on a little losing streak and they end off the season like 8-9 and nine or 7-10. and 10. You know, I really don't think this is a wild card Don't team. regret that. My top four are the same as yours. Um, Chiefs, they're the best team in the league for me. They were number one in my power rankings last year. I'm just to get back to the tweet that you sent with the tongue out of my <laughs> Yo, I was crying at that for way too long. Bro, because I didn't want to put like a period there, but I didn't want to end it without a period. I was like, let me just find an emoji that fits. It was I was like, so you know random. what? Yeah, let's go. It's like I was clam. I was like, ooh, that was just fun to watch. Oh, God, nah, I was cracking up. Yeah, I mean, Casey's Casey. They were my number one team coming into the week, uh, down 17 against your division rival. It was a great win. This is what Kansas City does, it's what they've been doing. Buffalo is number two. They're probably just as good as Kansas City, but in those crunch times, I'm taking Mahomes. I'm taking Andy Reid. Buffalo does have that elite outside weapon and Stephon Diggs, but Travis Kelsey, he's still got it. Four touchdowns. Third are the Cowboys. Elite defense. They're number two in red zone defense. Number two in sacks just beyond the Niners. Average points per drive. They're top three. Mike is elite. Uh, uh, Diggs is elite. I mean, they're really coming to their own defensively. And with Dak back, um, we're going to get into that later with him and Cooper Rush. I'll, I'll save that for then. 
Um, but the Cowboys, I'm really high on. They were top 10. I want to say they're around like seven or eight for me in my power rankings. Vikings at four. Everything just always feels tight with the Vikings, you know, pause. Um, you never really feel like safe with the lead. And even when they are up, it's like a three point game and it ends up being like a four point game and they barely squeak it out. So I think they're a fine team. They'll get into the playoffs, but I don't see the ceiling there. I don't think they could put teams away. I don't think they could dominate like some other, the top teams. And lastly, the Giants. Um, Right now, I just think the Vikings have more top-tier talent than them with Jettis, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, um, even though, obviously, Saquon Barkley is better than Dalvin, but I think those outside weapons really separate them. If they were going into a game, Vikings-Giants, I would take the Vikings right now. But like you said, culture's changing. You got the coach right. You probably got the GM right. We got to see how Kayvon and Evan Neal pan out, but we were all really high on both of those guys coming into the draft, so that's my list. The Vikings and Giants meet up right now. It's a hell of a ball game. No, don't. The Vikings are winning by 30 because they can't. But I think the Vikings would win. Like, you know, they almost just lost to the Bears. They should win. The Giants' defense is good enough to at least halt them to a degree. And if you put the ball in Saquon's hands, you got a chance to win any game. It's been shown. Now, to give my list, I don't know if you guys were expecting me to have the Giants higher than five. It's just you look at these teams. I do have the Bills, number one. I believe their defense is better than Kansas City's. You make an excellent point. Down the stretch of a game, you trust Mahomes to get it done. It's just the truth. But I'm looking at the Bills. I just think they're a little bit more complete. That's all that it is. Sicking me. Chiefs have been amazing. No hater hat on here. Chiefs have looked great. A 17-point comeback victory. There's no hate. And you expected it. And everyone expected it who was watching. Of course. So Mahomes on Monday night is just a different vibe. It's unfortunate. Mahomes on any night. That's the truth. Number three, I do have the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have been amazing without their star quarterback, Dak Prescott. Their defense has been otherworldly. Micah Parsons is the favorite right now to win Defensive Player of the Year. Leads the league in pressures. Leads the league in sacks. He's been amazing. And Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs is still giving up yards. It's fine. I'm fine with it because his coverage skills have improved, but it's not to the point where he's... Clamp City still. Marshawn Lattimore was like top five in yards allowed last year. Yeah, but even still, the reason why I'm, I'm critical of Trayvon was because he was number one. And even still, he's still among the league leaders in yards given up. But he's improved, no doubt. It's, it's evident. Yeah. Watching, it's evident. Defense, the defense has been otherworldly. Demarcus Lawrence, I mentioned it last week. We can't forget about him because all the attention is on Micah. And then you have Demarcus one-on-one. It's not a good matchup for your tackle, excuse me. Then I have number four, the Vikings. I only have the Vikings there because they have offensive personnel that you can trust all around. Darisaw, I'm blink Christian Darisaw. Christian, yeah. Christian, thank you very much. He's a number two graded offensive lineman right now. Uh, left tackle, excuse me. He's been fantastic in year two. You have Dalvin. You have Jettis. You have Thielen. You have Irv Smith who could have a little bit more secure hands, but he's still a solid option. K.J. Osborne, when you need to get him involved, he's pretty reliable. I trust this team because even still, they're among one of the higher, they're, they're among one of the better defenses in the league right now in terms of yards given up, points given up per game. And the reason why I have the Giants last is because they do not have offensive personnel outside of Saquon that I can trust. And their offensive line's not that great. Daniel Jones is still amongst one of the league leaders in pressures, one of the league leaders in sacks. And he has no wide receiver one option that you can trust. The defense has been fantastic. It's been unbelievably great with the personnel that it has. But I can't go all in until I see this wide receiver one. They're going to win a lot of ball games. Look at the schedule. You got the Seahawks. You got the Texans. Seahawks is not going to be an easy matchup, but it's a winnable game. Ravens is a winnable game, whether you want to admit it or not. Jaguars, winnable game. 
Commanders, both games, winnable games. Division, Eagles, probably you're not looking like it's it's a firm win, but you could split one of those with the way that the defense has been playing. Cowboys, it's unfortunate that you lost at home. I don't know if you can win on the road against Dallas, but it's a division game. Anything can happen. Commanders twice. You play the Vikings. We just had this conversation. It's not crazy is to say that late in the year? It is. It's week, uh, week 16. Week 17, you play the Colts, and week 18, you finish with the Eagles. This could be a playoff team. Like, yeah, I mean, hey, it could be a wild card team. But they could, gonna, no, for yeah. sure. I, I mean, mean, three the teams division, be out of the, the division is the Eagles, the Cowboys. If the, if the Eagles start to waver anyways, you the Dallas Cowboys, they just look super consistent on the yeah. defensive side of the ball. But the Eagles, 5-0, and oh, you got to give them the respect that they deserve. The Giants could sneak in with how weak the NFC has been. They could be a wild card team. Yeah, because you look at the NFC West that we thought were going to be insane. I mean, the Rams don't look good. No. The Niners defense has been fantastic, but they just lost uh, their corner, Mosley. I think he has a torn ACL. He's done for the year. That sucks. So, I mean, like, the Niners are falling apart, even though the defense still but thinks it's going to be great. It makes the Charvarius Ward signing even yep. better. Yeah, just better coming still back. Yeah, yeah, no, for I agree. No um, but, yeah, the, the NFC. Nick Bosa has thought. just been I feel, like, I feel like overall the NFL has been worse than we thought in a lot of areas. Absolutely. Where more teams have seemed to be disappointing than overachieving. So, so perfect. Said the AFC West is nowhere near what we had anticipated. The the NFC East is significantly better than what anyone expected yeah. to be. The West and the NFC has been very subpar. Where let's be honest, the Seahawks have been the biggest surprise of the the division. Yeah, football like you look, has been all over. Look at all these teams like the Packers who have been great for years. Their offense seems like a mess right now. The Rams offensive line we're we'll getting to that later is a mess right now. Like all of these teams that have been great, especially offensively for years, with all these quarterbacks that we think are Hall of Fame level guys. Who the Seahawks look better than offensively? Who Detroit, especially at home on the road, they're not the same team. Have looked great offensively with Jared Goff and Geno. It's it's been a really strange year to start. I feel like it was all kind of, um, you could have predicted it though. The Rams struggling like this offensively. I don't know if we thought they were going to be this bad. This bad? No, I thought they were going to be bad offensively because of the offensive line problems. I don't know. I I, I, I think the, I think the only surprise in the NFC really has been the Seahawks and the Giants. Cardinals are better than I thought they were going to be. They're two and three, but shouldn't known, kid. I mean, Kyler Murray, not world beaters, but <laughs> DeAndre comes back. Uh, the defense is a lot better than expected. Backs. Yeah, that's, that was that was the You're biggest. Right. Yeah. I'm with you there. Because yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I love Kyler. Before we go on to the next topic, a quick word from BetterHelp. In our life, we are faced with challenging situations, problems we're stuck on, or maybe we just aren't feeling well. It's always better to face these problems. With help, and that's where BetterHelp comes in. You can, uh, BetterHelp is a therapy app. If you're thinking of therapy, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. You can go to betterhelp.com slash pick a side for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash pick a side. Promo code pick aside for better help for better help. You may have missed it this week. Matt Rule got fired. We can talk about that first. I got other may you you may have missed it as well, but Matt Rule fired eleven and twenty seven as the Panthers head coach. Fired after they lost to San Francisco. It may have been a little bit too late for the firing. I think this was inevitable. Yeah, he's not good. One in twenty seven when teams score more than seventeen points. Now I think. Holy, that's Matt Rule's record? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Now, I think this uh, team is, his firing stems from one thing. 
lack of offensive continuity, and that's basically it, the lack of quarterback position. He becomes the head coach. He signs Teddy Bridgewater to a big-time deal. Teddy plays well for them. Should have kept him. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore have two 1,000-yard seasons, but they figured, you know what? Teddy Bridgewater isn't good enough. Let's go out and get Sam Darnold uh, from New York. Second-round pick. Let's go. They go and get Sam Darnold. Step back three. Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold flops. Then they're like, ah, Sam Darnold's not good. He's actually not good. It wasn't. It wasn't just the Jets. And they go out and get Baker, and Baker has been the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. And since then, Teddy Bridgewater in Denver last year was played pretty solid for them. I, I think it, it's all due to lack of offensive continuity, and I think the fact that with Teddy, they were able to get two 1,000-yard seasons out of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and then... Since then, we have seen DJ and Robbie struggle more so. Robbie, Robbie has not been able to touch that even close to that since Teddy being there. I think speaks to a lack of continuity. Joe Brady leaving, and then Ben McAdoo coming. Who Ben McAdoo shouldn't be an OC anymore. <coughs> Phil Snow left as well. The interim head coach is going to be Steve Wilkes. The Panthers just feel like a mess. They feel like they might clean house soon. Teams have been calling about Brian Burns and DJ Moore. And we'll see. CMC. CMC is another option out there, too. But ultimately, I think the Panthers, this was inevitable. Who knows what the next step is? Is it drafting a quarterback? Is it just building the infrastructure on their team? Who knows? But this team has been the toughest and the worst team in football. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, it looks like they're going to have a top three pick, probably. So if you could get a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, you have to be all over it. I understand wanting to build your other guys, even potentially trade down, get more draft picks, because there definitely is holes on this team. And not to make everything about the Jets, but the Jets dodged a bullet <laughs> for the stupidest reason. The reason why they didn't hire Matt Rule was because Woody Johnson or Chris, whoever was owning the team at the time, didn't want Matt Rule to pick his staff. They wanted to pick his staff, which is mind-boggling. And thankfully, when Salah got hired, they didn't have to do that. Salah picked his own guys. But shout out to uh, shout out to Matt Rule, man. He'll he'll bounce back. He'll get a college job. He'll win a lot of games wherever he's at in college. But the NFL just isn't suited for everyone. Uh, my, you may have missed it. It was probably impossible to miss, but these uh, roughing the passer penalties that happened against Brady and then against Derek Carr last night, you had Chris Jones came out after the game and said, we reviewed pass interference calls just a couple years ago. If we're going to make these type of calls against quarterbacks, we should be able to review these penalties as well. Now, while I'm not a fan of reviewing penalties just because it slows down the game, especially when offenses are in rhythm, um, they have to be fixed, right? Because the Brady one was complete nonsense. The Derek Carr, that Chris Jones play, sack, strip, fumble, all at the same time, would have been one of the best defensive plays of the year. Instead, it gets negated by a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty. The Raiders, obviously, automatic first down. You get a huge chunk play out of it. So the NFL, the, the competition committee, is going to have a real talk this offseason about how they're going to go about these rules because you have to protect the quarterbacks because if you have backup quarterbacks, excuse me, if you have backup quarterbacks, you're not going to have pretty games. The ratings are going to go down. The offense and scoring is going to go down. And the NFL doesn't want that. So you have to protect the quarterbacks. But within the realm of, you know, consistency and respect to defensive players, because it's damn near impossible. You can't sack the quarterback. You can't touch wide receivers. It's really hard for defensive players right now. I don't know if they're going to go that length to um, to review these type of calls. But in the offseason, we're going to see some sort of change to the rough and the passer rule. And I'm glad you mentioned it because it was very blatant and obvious that Chris Jones made a play on Derek Carr, very normal, took the ball out of his hands, and was uh, the tweets really were amazing. Everyone was tweeting it. The first player ever to be flagged for, having, for a rough and the passer when he has the ball in his hands. It was egregious. That being said, 
My, you may have missed it. We spoke about it a little bit earlier earlier when we were doing the Mojo segment. It was Ramondre Stevenson. Now, Damian Harris is likely to miss multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. It's super unfortunate. Damian Harris was, Damian Harris and Ramondre have been what we all expected Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to be up until this point. They've been an amazing rushing duo up until this point in the season. And to see Damian goes down always, always stings. But Ramondre came in and, and stepped up to the plate and hit a homer. Over 160 yards rushing. Up until this point in the season, Ramondre has 370 yards, averaging over five yards a carry. One of the highest graded running backs in the league right now. He's He is a three-down back. And, and Bill Belichick has given him his stamp of approval. He has all the makings to be a three-down back. Very rare from Belichick. Ramondre Stevenson is going to be a workhorse for the rest of the season. He's going to be amongst one of the better running backs in the league. The Los Angeles Rams have scored fewer points than the Chicago Bears. Brother, the Rams have been terrible. That's fucking nuts. And did you see that Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson have the same amount of red zone targets? That's hilarious. Tells you all you need to know. It's hilarious. I thought A-Rob was better than Rob Woods. Um, Yeah, that was a flop. He stinks. He hasn't been able to get Robert open. Trees. I tell you, Bobby Trees. Yeah, man. Shout out to him. I'll tell you who has been good. Hollywood. Ooh. Hollywood's insane. He's all right. Yep. He's But Auden Tate, good. <laughs> He's all right. What's Holly, what do you think Hollywood is? Top seven in yards? Oh, for sure. It's a lot of target share. He's know. number three right now in terms of 10-yard catches. Such a savage. It's yeah, like we, someone... we tried telling you this, though, that like he's going to get looks because uh, you know Hop's going to be out. Oh, in the first six weeks, yeah, maybe it happened. But let's see what happens when D-Hop is back. Right. Hollywood sixth in receiving yards. 417. Such a savage. The Only Titans right now are quietly on a three-game win streak. They Very beat quietly. the Raiders. They have beat the Colts and Commanders. And in that three-game win streak, Derrick Henry has rushed for 85 yards a touchdown, 114 yards a touchdown, 102 yards and two touchdowns. Freak. King's back, baby. The King is back. The King is here. Geno Smith, 268 yards, three touchdowns, 139.7 quarterback rating against me. the Saints. It's killing me. Geno is that guy. <laughs> Dude, the highest graded passer right now is Geno Smith. How crazy is that? It is crazy. Never in my wildest dreams would I thought I'd be sitting here and saying that. And no, I also want to give the Patriots some love here because. They wrote him off. Ain't right back. Ain't right back, though. The Patriots right now. Jack Jones has been the steal of the draft, you can say. Oh, yeah. Jack Jones, the highest-graded defensive player in the NFL, highest coverage grade in the NFL, and he's allowing a 42.6 passer rating this season. Jack Jones has been amazing for the Patriots. I'll tell you what, Bill Belichick can't figure out receiver to save his life, but corner and DB, he's fucking fucking amazing. He's a savant. He doesn't miss. It's insane. And also, I think it's pretty hilarious that in the offseason, when after the draft, uh, McVay was wondering who Cole Strange was. And he's actually amongst one of the better guards in the NFL right now, Cole Strange. As never, never in doubt, Bill Belichick? Never in doubt, man. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick saw Randy Moss go for 1,423 touchdowns, and he said, you know what? Nah. The Browns also traded for Deion Jones. Be something. Yeah, interesting pickup. Definitely. Browns, Browns, you know, this got to stay alive until uh, Deshaun comes back. That's a fact. And, and Ron Rivera called out Carson Wentz. Yeah, that was hilarious. Because yeah. when he was asked what the problem Washington has been, he just said quarterback. That's but I think it. The, the one quote, that he picked. I think the full quote doesn't really depict that. Uh, you, you watch the video back and they ask him the question and he's just like, quarterback gives a, a pause, a hefty pause. 
He meant it. Gives, he just yeah, backtracked no, he, on it. No, for sure. And a reporter, Horrible statement. Horrible. Yeah, a reporter pushed back on that statement because Cooper Rush is starting. Daniel Jones is starting. He did so the right thing. There aren't good quarterbacks in Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. He does. Because Ron Rivera is a defensive head coach. Since he's been the coach in Washington, they've had the fourth-ranked defense when they've Fantastic, had one of the yeah. easiest schedules in 2020. 25th-ranked defense, and this year they're the 25th-ranked defense again. And he hasn't had a 500 record since being in Washington. The to year give, they made the playoffs, they went 7-9. and nine. But to give them their credit, the, the year that they did make the, the playoffs, the defense was great. It, was it really elite. was. Because yeah. look at that the, the performance they put forth on Tampa Bay. Yeah. Even Loud Brady, Brady came in and said, this it just had written on it upset because of how great that defense was. Taylor Haneke. He would you rather game. this? Would you rather is going to be on a quarterback that has been balling this guy out? Is haunting me. Man. That has been better than Russell Wilson. <laughs> that has ass, been that ass, has man. significantly <laughs> by miles and miles. Can't believe it. Would you rather Geno Smith edition rest of the season? Are we saying yes? Rest of would this you season, rather yes? Rest of this. I don't season. know who I'm going to say. First over. name up: Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. I'm still taking Russ. I'm going with Geno Smith. I'm a Smithian. I'm going with Geno. He's like that. Once a Jet, always a Jet. Jacoby Brissett. Geno. Geno. I'm going with Geno. Jared Goff. Geno. Geno Smith. I'm going with Geno. You know Jared Goff hasn't won a road game since going to Detroit? Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, they didn't win a lot last year. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Wow. Ryan Tannehill. Geno. Some of the throws Geno is making against the Saints are Insane. like Mahomes level of arm angles and across his body. Like he's been unreal. He has been. I'm gonna go Geno. I'm sticking with Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill is in a Russ? bad offense. Ryan Tannehill is better than Russell Wilson right now. I think by, by far. Sometimes you really say things. He's not been and better. Then, like, if you want to ride with Geno being know, hot, I get it. But the thing is, I know you know Tannehill football. has not made mistakes. The thing is, I know you know football. He's in a limited offensive system. You know system football right now. a lot more than a is lot Russ of people. Not in a limited world. offensive system. You say no, statements he's not. like Dude, this, Hackett's and it really makes terrible. me question: Hackett, What are you doing? Hackett, Hackett has been good on his schemes on offensive play calling. Russ is not delivering. He's Ryan Tannehill. Better. Who are Ryan Tannehill's wide receivers? Traylon Burks is out. By the way, yes, I don't sadly. like the way you just said that. Robert Woods, right? That's it. Yes, but who else? What was it? What was up with that? Westbrook and Traylon Burks is out the way, and you look right at Joel. No, I'm saying because he was supposed to be a big time player. He got hurt. What am I? What, what am I going to do? Who's their, ti- who's their tight end? Austin Hooper. Is Anthony Fursker still there? Austin Hooper. Facts, facts, yeah. facts. Bro, the Titans have no weapon. Their offensive line is what do you mean average no at best? Mr. Henry, Bobby Trees. Yeah, thank you. Show Tyler Lockett and DK. Oh, absolutely. That's why I'm. We seen Ryan Tannehill. When he sent, when he's Man, surrounded it's the by Derrick Henry, show you're not giving Tannehill, credit to Daniel. No, of course, Saquon, no, I give a lot give, of credit to Derrick Henry. But the Titans did not start winning and w- winning playoff games until Tannehill got there. But they didn't start winning ball games this year until Derrick Henry started rushing, like Derrick Henry. We knew. Oh, we yeah, it's a balanced offense attack. I know that. But it's not balanced. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, one way, Ryan, rushing or die. Ryan Tannehill, he has shown when he's surrounded by parts, he can have a top no 10 doubt. quarterback like season. No doubt. He's a quarterback that thrives on play action. Right now, Tennessee. You, you told me rest of the season. Can, you can. Rest of the season, if, That's I'm, ta- I'm, if I'm taking this. a quarterback, I'm taking Ryan Tannehill. Rest of the season? Yes. I'm not talking about based on our performance. I think the Broncos would love Geno Smith right no, now. No, they would not. They would love Geno Smith no, right now. Geno Smith would save the franchise right now if All he was right, on Next Denver. name, next name. Jameis Winston. Uh, 
Geno. Geno. Smith. I'm going with Geno Smith. Carson Wentz. Geno. <laughs> Just the way you said that, it was funny. Yeah, no, I mean, Gino. bro, Gino's no, 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 been so I know. Really, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, Wentz, Wentz has those moments, too. He just has a lot of... He's turned the ball over yeah, a lot. Exactly. He has 10 touchdowns. One of the league leaders in touchdowns. Number two in interceptions. I'm going with Geno Smith. And last name. Actually, two more. Baker Mayfield. Geno, it's not close. Close your eyes and say Geno Smith. I think it's Geno Smith, too. And last one, Jimmy Garoppolo. First things first. That sounded crazy. Close your eyes and say Geno. You're sick. You're sick. You're sick. Oh my god. Oh, statement. Last name Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I mean, if I'm taking Geno Smith over Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, I'm gonna take him over Jimmy G. Taking him over Jimmy G. Without a doubt. This is a tougher one for me. This is a tougher one because I I do imagine Geno being in San Fran's offense. I think it would look very very good. But Jimmy Garoppolo wins games. He wins games. I'm going with Jimmy G. Daniel Jones wins games. Not like Jimmy G. Okay. Not even Be consistent. Close. That's all I'm asking. Not Just even be close. consistent. Has Daniel Jones had a Debo Samuel, George Kittle? No, of course not. My God. Just Daniel Jones will never be Jimmy G. You know, I'm just glad that you at least can level. I know. You reason with me. I do. And that's why I appreciate you. Because we started off this show relatively hot, and now we're actually kind of seeing eye to eye. Yeah, I'm, Daniel Jones isn't a scrub. He's not oh, a scrub. God. You think Daniel Jones is better oh, than Jimmy Garoppolo? Thought I'd never see this uh, day. No, right now, right now, Jimmy G is better. Oh. Okay, I'm just making sure because it's pretty clear. Yeah, that put he's a no, but, but put you Daniel said, Jones on the Niners. They win the Super Bowl last oh, year. Oh God. Don't play. Oh God, okay. I'm, I'm straight not, up not dead serious. I am dead serious. He's bugging out. I am dead serious. Um, but if you're gonna say Jimmy G wins a lot of games, Daniel Jones four and one. Jimmy G has taken the team to the Super Bowl and NFC Championship. No, for sure. Daniel Jones, this is first winning seat. This is the first time he started out with a winning record. For sure. What are man. we talking I'm, about? I'm just saying. What are we talking about? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G has a track record. Jimmy Garoppolo wins with one of the best play callers and one of the best defenses damn near every the year. The quarterbacks I'm taking have a weapons. track record. Jimmy G, Tannehill, and they're not washed like Russell Wilson. Wilson got the track record, but. He's Shut in a up. he's in a washing machine right now. I'm so, I'm so curious where you're gonna have Russ ranked once you do these quarterback power. He's, he's in a like washing. Was he like QB twenty? He might be QB thirty two. <laughs> he might be quarterback thirty. I was gonna say you might as well just put him last and just fuck it for clicks. Because I think Jimmy Garoppolo in the Seahawks offense, Tannehill in the Seahawks offense, they would do their thing. I think Geno has played better than them this year, though for sure. I think he has. Geno's played better than a lot of quarterbacks this year. He's played better surprise. than damn near everybody. To be yeah. honest. Like yes. he's unreal. Yeah. Shout out to Gino, man. The Cowboys are four and one. They beat the Rams twenty two to ten. Now, two questions: Do the Cowboys have a legit quarterback controversy? No, they do not. And who's to blame for the Rams' offensive struggles? No, the Giant. Excuse me. No, the Cowboys do not have a quarterback controversy. We should not speak further on this. It should not even be a question. And to blame for the, the Rams' offensive struggles, the offensive line. The offensive line's horrible. Matthew Stafford has ability to scramble outside the pocket, but he's at his Very best. Very limited. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not disagreeing. Not even a little bit. He's at his best when he has time, which we saw last year, to sit in the pocket make throws. He does not have that this year. He has been obliterated. It's, it's forcing him to completely make 
irrational throws where last season you could get away with that. This season, it's just making him look a lot worse than what he should be at this point in time. Cooper Cup is going to be Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson has been extremely disappointing. I just can't look anywhere else other than this offensive line, especially when you have a guy like Matthew Stafford who strives in the pocket. Speaking about the Cowboys, I don't think we should confuse competence with excellence. Cooper Rush has been competent. He has been fine. You work on this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Little Yo, speech. chill. Um, it's like Daniel Jones with the Giants. Jesus, so disrespectful. Just say Facts. you don't know a damn thing He's about the G-Man. You don't know confused. a damn thing it's about facts. the G-Man. Competent, not excellent. Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. I apologize. Sorry, no, go ahead. Good, no, 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 bro. Go ahead. Dak Prescott led the number one scoring offense last year. Coming off of your 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 70% completion percentage. He got hurt in 2020. This wasn't a fluke in 2019. 4,900 yards, a 30 to 5 touchdown to interception ratio. Dak's floor is Cooper Rush. And what everyone's been talking about is how does this offense change when Dak comes back in? Cooper Rush been a game manager and he's better. been doing it. Dak Prescott. His floor is a game manager. He doesn't turn the ball over. He makes good decisions. He has good ball placement. So everything that Cooper Rush has been doing, Dak does to an extremely high level. So anyone who thinks Cooper Rush has any chance of this job, I'm sorry. He's one of the best backups in the league. I think he's proven that. He could come in and, and win you multiple games. Being undefeated is no slouch. Coming in as a backup quarterback, CeeDee Lamb has found his groove. Tony Powell looks really good. Zeke has... Been Zeke for the most part. Um, but in terms of a quarterback controversy, no. There never was one. There never is going to be one unless Cooper Rush turns into the next coming of Patrick Mahomes. Moving on to the Rams. Their offensive struggle has been apparent week one. Drew mentioned the offensive line. It's one of the worst in the league. But I think more than that, and it has to do with the offensive line, they have no run game. They're averaging the fewest rushing yards per game in the NFL. On a Sean McVay-led offense, I know we got enamored with Matt Stafford last year, Cooper Cup having his best or the best wide receiver season of all time, but this Sean McVay system is still run on the zone offense, the zone run offense, and they haven't been able to do it. Some of that has to do with the offensive line. Some of that has to do with the talent. Cam Akers has not been good. Daryl Henderson has been better than Cam Akers, but overall has not been that good either. So in Sean McVay's system, especially with Matt Stafford, who has been banged up coming into the season, I think his mobility even took a step down from last season as well. Allen Robinson's been a, flat, a flop of a free agency signing. He's been among the league least or the league uh, the league worst in terms of being open, open percentage. He has not been able to separate at all. Van Jefferson is hurt. Their number two option has been Tyler Higby and number three, Ben Skoranek. Well, that, like, been good. Yeah, that's who they've been. But Cooper Cup, no matter how great he is, I think you need to have some sort of another another option outside of it. And if that other option is Tyler Higby with a running game that's not going to be going, I think we're going to see these struggles continue for the Rams because Andrew Whitworth isn't coming back out of retirement and going to come fix this offensive line. You're not going to be able to go to trade for somebody at the deadline and improve this offensive line. So I think for the most part, what the Rams are right now is what they're going to be. If their defense isn't going to be elite and keep them in these games, I really don't think the Rams are going to be able to keep up with any of the high-powered offenses in the league. Right now, I would not have them win this division. I would take the 49ers. If them and the Cardinals played, that's going to be a good game. Them and the Seahawks play, that's going to be a good game. I mean, on this Rams schedule, if you go through it, there's not many games you could go up and chalk in and be like, they're going to win this game without a doubt because the offense is broken right now. The offensive line is. And for how great Sean McVay is, he can only do so much. We saw it with Jared Goff when their offensive line was beaten up. He had the same problems. And we see the same thing happening now with Matt Stafford. You could only be 
as good as his pieces around you. Last year, everything was clicking. This year, not so much. Look, I think the Rams are in trouble. I said it in the offseason that they're not going to make it far again. The offensive line stinks. The receivers outside of Cooper Cup stink. The defense outside of Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, they don't have somebody else to compliment on the edge. So their pressure has been significantly down. Bobby Wagner, we know, is a shell of himself. He's been great at stopping the run. Throw some respect. That's what he does. And there's not an outside corner opposite of Jalen Ramsey that is competent. I'm with you. The Rams are what they are. I mean, you look at the game versus the Cowboys, the only scoring drive they had was a 75-yard Cooper Cup touchdown, which was he beat Diggs on it. It was a crosser. Really? Like, it was Cooper Cup just got free Cup and just Cup. made a play. Simple. But the last drive that mattered, everything just came crumbling apart. Holding on Havenstein, pushed them back, encroachment by the defense, which moved them back up five yards, the second and nine. Stafford takes a sack on third and 13, and then he gets intercepted. Stafford's been pressured at abnormally high rates. And this is not, I think, this is not what I think he expected when he came to the Rams. But he's also pressing more than usual, and Stafford's making mistakes. Mistakes this season. Zero touchdowns in the fourth quarter compared to four interceptions. But I think this is more about the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys have a chance to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. The Cowboys scores, and this back to your Cooper Rush point. There's a reason why I hate when people use quarterback stats to make a point as to why this quarterback is better than this quarterback. Cooper Rush is 4-0. Yes. Let's just look at the Rams game, though. Demarcus Lawrence scores on a scoop and score. A field goal was made on the next drive from a blocked punt. That's 10 points right there. Pollard, 57-yard run. That's another touchdown. And two field goals in the second half. There were two drives in a whole game where Cooper Rush did something that led to scores. He also had some receivers drops and passes, which could have put up his stats uh, a bit higher than it, than it were, but... Than they were, but he threw for 102 yards in the game. I'm against a Rams defense that's vulnerable. And that's why I hate that quarterback stat thing. People tie winning into quarterback so much because quarterback is the most important position on the field. But there's no quarterback controversy in Dallas. The offense right now ranks 24th in scoring, 27th in passing. They've been winning because the defense has been out of this world elite. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, they've just taken a such a step forward that I don't think anybody expected them to take, but they have been one of the best units in football. Since 2016, the Cowboys have had a bottom 20 offense in terms of points and yards per drive twice in 2020 and 2022. Both years, Dak Prescott was hurt. It's not a coincidence that when Dak is out, their offense is bottom 20. And when Dak is in, you can chalk it up that they're going to be a top 10 unit in football. Cooper Rush with the Cowboys, they are a playoff team. With Dak Prescott, they're a Super Bowl contender. This team can make it out of the NFC. They're that good. And they cause really bad matchup problems for every other team in the NFC. The 49ers... We know their tackle issue, Trent Williams is out right now. If he's not healthy, 
they can dominate that matchup. They can dominate the Rams. They can dominate the Giants. They can dominate the Vikings. The only team that the Cowboys really have really might have trouble with is the Eagles because they have a dominant offensive line. Bucks. I feel like their defensive line, it showed us in week one that they can dominate their offensive line. And their offense did struggle against and if, Bucks. If, yeah, they did. And if their offense can be competent against the I'm Bucks, they can win that game. I don't doubt it. I just lean Bucks right now. Do you also lean Bucks? Slightly. I don't I'm, I don't think with I think fully, with the, fully healthy I, I Bucks, with, I think I lean Bucks. But that's Bucks. the biggest problem. We have not seen fully healthy Bucks. But we also it's, haven't seen fully healthy Cowboys. Every other week it's Chris Godwin. It's it's a. Uh, Julio Jones. It's somebody on the defense. The secondary is still vulnerable. Last week was the first week where they were all healthy and the offense looked really good. And now I think play? with that Atlanta think Falcons. So let's be honest. It's it's Mike Evans. It's Chris Godwin. Godwin it's Leonard Fournette. These are the guys. I mean, you look at the Cowboys. Shot White's getting more involved. CeeDee Lamb, Lamb, Gallup, Noah Brown has come on very, very strong. <clears throat> Dalton Schultz still hasn't found his footing yet. And the run game has been better than expected. This offensive line has been 14th so far this season in terms of pass pro. They've been better. I think the Cowboys are legit Super Bowl contenders with Dak Prescott. I think they can they can make it out the NFC. The only thing I don't want to overlook is Mike McCarthy. That's my biggest gripe with Dallas, trusting him in big games and big situations and big moments because he's failed before in Dallas just this past season against the Niners, and he's he struggled in Green Bay too with all of that as well. So... The only thing that's really holding me back is I don't trust McCarthy as his top-level head coach to get to the Super Bowl. But talent-wise, roster, you know, on paper, they go up with just about any team. Like, I think I still would put the Bucks above them. I still think I like the Eagles above them as well. But they'd be third for me in the NFC. If the Cowboys beat the Eagles Sunday night with Cooper Rush, because I don't think Dak's playing, it's an eye-opener. It's sure. an eye-opening game. If Dak plays... This becomes Jalen Hurts' biggest game of his career. Jalen Hurts needs to win this game. Regard, I think regardless if he plays or not, the, like they have to go into this saying like this is the biggest game. We have Absolutely. to make a statement against no This is their toughest game of the season. Who's uh, who's home? The Eagles. The Eagles. Yep, must the win. Eagles. Must win. Got a lot of good games this week. We're we're spoiled yeah. with the amount of good games we have. Third year Broncos quarterbacks. Monday night. Thank God. We're fucked. Third-year quarterbacks this year, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, have a bit of a coaching dilemma. Justin Herbert with Brandon Staley and Joe Burrow with Zach Taylor. Now, between these two quarterbacks, which one of these guys do you think is in a worse situation based on the talent and the coaching situation around them? Oh, talent and coaching? Mm-hmm. Oh, that changes. I thought this was just coaching. Because just coaching, I think it's I think it's pretty it's, easy. I think it's uh, um, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor's not that yeah. good. Zach, Zach Taylor just coaching. I didn't... Because I have two different answers. If we're taking talent into it as well, I'm taking. I'm thinking Herbert's in the worst situation because Joe Burrow has a plethora of weapons. I mean, T. Higgins, Jamar, and Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. Ugh, the only reason why I have a little bit of pushback there is because Mike Williams. He's been solid. And this is me who's yeah. been very hypercritical of of Mike Williams. He's been damn good. Yeah, has been. He's been damn good. Austin Echo started the season not up to people's expectations. A lot of those people being fantasy owners, and. He has been excellent these last couple. Mike, just, just, go Mike Will's just being Mike Will. 10 yards, 113, 15 yards, 120, yeah. but then 134 back-to-back. Back. You know yeah. what? That's so well said. Mike Williams has been Mike Williams, but when he pops, he pops. And yep. he's been popping just like Gabriel Davis, right? That, that was my comp. My comp was Mike Davis. Their Williams. comp was like play style, though. They don't play the same. They're both deep threats. Uh, they, they, they play pretty both similar. Big body deep I don't think they play yeah. the same. 
They play pretty <laughs> similar. Think, yeah. Mike Williams gets no separation. He just makes contested catches. Does Gabe Davis got a ton of separation? Gabe Davis, what do you mean? He beat two defenders over the top when that 98 well, yard guy, touchdown. Well, the, the second the second touchdown was he just, just he was on his hip yes. and he just caught it one hand. And, clean. and he babied yeah, Minka. No, but the first the first touchdown, he got past two defensive well, backs. Yeah, the DP tripped. He's a burner. He can get DP past tripped. defenses. He is a burner. He is. Mike Will can't. DP tripped. On the 90, you, you do know that. I'm not taking it away from him, but I'm just saying, like, the DB, was, we didn't have four steps on him. Well, you took it away from him when he was injured weeks two and three, and you were trying to take a victory. He had, he had, he was out week two, weeks three and four. He ran the most routes on the team. Yeah, but he was still hurt. He wasn't limited. He was at still all. hurt, though. So you just kind of get You saw he had you three s- catches this past weekend. Three yeah, catches, 171. Three, yeah. It's Mike Williams. Like, two touchdowns. Is, you know what I mean? No, we're talking, oh, you're saying yeah. that that's yeah, Mike Williams. Yeah, yeah. You know? Gabe Davis, bum ankle. He's healthy now. You saw like if he was first out drive there, of the game. If he was out there playing sixty percent of snaps, I get it. He was he played the most snaps in the most routes on what's the team. Our, what's our bet though this year? A thousand yards. Thousand. Right? Yep. Okay. I cu- I feel. Very I was gonna say he's gonna have three more games and then he'll go off for one fifty or three more. Like uh, I'm ready. Like as long as I can take the victory laps, just like you take the victory laps, I'm gonna have more. Victory I mean, I'll be uh, let's be real though. Three for one seventy, two touchdowns. This is a huge game, and this yeah. is huge for Gabe Davis supporters and agendas. I know they. Make you thought their it was just one appearance. game. You thought it was just one game. <laughs> like I get, like he was. Hurt, I already though. know Gabe Davis is gonna have three more of these games where he just goes fucking crazy, and he's gonna have nine more games where he puts up thirty or less yards. With Isaiah McKenzie potentially missing time because of the new concussion protocols. It's not crazy to say that he's going to get more looks his way with Stephon Diggs drawing the attention that he draws. Gabe Davis is going to have a good Davis game against the Chiefs con- this weekend. I, I believe that I also. I mean, probably they're going to have to score. Guess guess what he had last game versus them? Uh, I remember. Oh, yeah, you do. They okay. lost. You picked them to win. They should have. They should have. Should have, would have, could have. Um, Stop sleeping on Gabe Davis. Get back at the statement at hand. Yeah. Worst situation, Herbert with Staley or Burrow with Zach Taylor. I think the biggest issue for the Bengals, one of the reasons I was lower on them coming into this season um, last year, you could say all you want how they were the short play offense. I get it. Uh, Jamar Chase was insane with the over-the-top balls. T. Higgins was getting that as well. And coming into this season, for one, I wasn't as high as Zach Taylor. I understand he got to the Super Bowl. I never thought that he was the franchise head coach to pair with your franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. This season, we've seen defenses play a lot more cover two, a lot more soft coverage on them. Just this past week, this is from Arjun uh, Minan on Twitter. He's a PFF intern. Ravens played 60% of their snaps in cover two, four, six, and showed too high pre-snap on 71% of their defensive plays. The Ravens and a lot of the teams around the league are making the Bengals beat them underneath meticulous drives. This past game, seven-play touchdown drive, which is quick, with an 11-play field goal drive, 13-play touchdown. We have to remember last year, it took the Chiefs multiple months to get over this look for their offense to first start going, and that was with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek and Kelsey now, don't get me wrong, the weapons are probably comparable, but Andy Reid compared to Zach Taylor, completely different spectrums uh, in terms of coaching. Luckily for Zach, Zach Taylor, I think the talent on this offense is damn near too good to fail. With T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, those two outside weapons, it's going to be hard to suck forever. But I, coming into the season, I did see regression for Joe Burrow for Jamar Chase because I didn't think these big plays were consistently going to happen like they did last season. Defense was playing them a lot differently. It's going to take them some time to get over it. They've had some moments like against the Jets. They had a really good game, um, but playing a divisional game against the Ravens came up a little bit short. So coaching-wise, I do think Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow is the worst situation, but having those weapons, I think Joe Burrow you know, puts himself in a little bit different conversation, although 
Herbert is the best in the NFL in terms of being pressured and not taking sacks. Well, Joe Burrow is on the opposite side. Maybe he's not the worst. He's not Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan levels, but he's you know within that top 5, 10 in terms of when he gets pressured, he goes down. I said it last year, got made fun of. It's cool. This year, we're seeing the same thing again while Justin Herbert has some of the best pocket awareness in the game. Herbert's been near flawless this season. With Keenan Allen missing basically every single game outside of week one, he's had Mike Will... He's had Josh Palmer and Austin Eckler, of course, and Gerald Everett, who's been a very nice surprise at the tight end position. He's good. He's awesome. Justin Herbert is just simply significantly better than Joe Burrow. With all due respect to Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert is just at a different level. Now, you mentioned it perfectly. Go ahead, King. I appreciate you letting me use it. You mentioned it perfectly. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. There should be no world where Joe Burrow does not excel. Justin Herbert has a lot less right now and is still thriving. Thriving, excuse me. And has been very much better than Joe Burrow up until this point. The reason why I lean Herbert and Staley is because of Justin Herbert. And it's really that simple to me. The reason why Joe Burrow is struggling is because teams are playing cover two on them more which is limiting the deep plays. And I, Zach Taylor is yet to adjust to that. The Bengals are one of the best teams in football against cover one. But you can only get teams into cover one if they are trying to stop the run and there's more defenders in the box. The Bengals have not been able to run the ball this season at all. One of the worst rushing teams in the NFL. Against the Ravens, they showed signs. They were really good at running out of the shotgun, which... I think is a good step for their offense moving forward. But I think both quarterbacks. I, I look at Justin Herbert with Brandon Staley, and I look at Joe Burrow with Zach Taylor, and I feel like they're both being held back. It's even worse with the Bengals because they have so much talent. But with Zach Taylor, it's bland offensive play calling, nothing creative, everything super simple. They're the last-ranked team in terms of run-blocking offensive line, 23rd in pass protection, And the fact that you can have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and be the 16th-ranked offense in the NFL is embarrassing. And with Justin Herbert, their offense limits him because he can't throw down the field as often as he would like because they, frankly, don't have the offensive personnel. They don't have the receivers on the outside that can threaten defenses vertically. But then you look at the defense. Brandon Staley was a defensive guru. Right now, the Chargers defense is one of the worst against the run. Something that they were last season. Their defense has not improved significantly this season, although they they added significant talent. And then you talk about Staley's over-aggressiveness. They were beating Cleveland. Staley goes for on fourth and two. Cleveland had zero timeouts left. If you punt it, you pin them back. You're up two points. You go for it. You now give the Browns the ball at their own 40-yard line. With 114 left. They're lucky their defense got a stop there, but that could have been a, a contra- catastrophe. <laughs> Brandon Staley is too aggressive at times and uses analytics too much. And I'm a fan of analytics, but there are just some times where it's just common sense. Just punt it. 
pin them back. They have zero timeouts left. You have one minute and 14 seconds left on the clock. If you protect the sidelines and the out-of-bounds throws and you tackle a player inbounds, that's chewing at least 20-plus seconds off the clock. Play defense if you trust your defense. You're a defensive coach. Play defense. With Herbert, I do feel like he's getting held back. And it's crazy because right now the Chargers have the 8th-ranked offense in the NFL. And the Bengals are the 16th-ranked offense in the NFL. Herbert is doing more with less. And the personnel does not stack up to the Bengals. He's, I feel like Herbert is making these coaches look better than they are. I had questions about Joe Lombardi when he first got hired as the OC because with in, in New Orleans with Drew Brees, it was a bunch of dink and dunk stuff, and he's bringing that over to the Chargers with Justin Herbert. Air yards per attempt, least aggressive quarterbacks in the NFL. Number one is Daniel Jones. Number two, Kirk Cousins. Number three, Kyler Murray. Number four, Matt Ryan. Number five, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert should not be in this top five, but I do understand it's because of a lack of personnel as well, Which and that's why I feel like they in free agency this year, the draft, they should focus on getting these speedsters at receiver like the Ravens have. Rashad Bateman, Duvernay. Although they aren't great receivers, they do threaten defenses vertically. Chiefs did that with MVS. Exactly, and that's, that's how I feel about the Herbert and Burrow. I feel like they're both being held back. I feel like with Joe Burrow, it's more egregious because Zach Taylor has so much to work with offensively. And given what they brought in in the offseason on the offensive line, this should be a much improved unit. The, the fact that it's not, I think, is it really, it points to the co- You have to point to the coaching that they're not coaching up these offensive linemen correctly because it doesn't seem, it doesn't matter who it is. A first round pick in Jonah Williams, uh, a guy who was known, who was known as a top right tackle in Lyle Collins. They're just not getting the best out of these guys at all. It's just bad right now. That gap between Herbert and Burrow, it's growing by the day. I mean, if you knew, you knew. No. Also, did you guys game. see Zach Taylor and Lyle get into a little bit of a, a scuff on on Sunday? I didn't so see Lyle is coming off the field and Zach's trying to get his attention, but Lyle's kind of just like trying to brush him off to the side and Zach's like adamant. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Has to really pull him aside. I was wondering if you guys had saw it to maybe further give me something, uh, but I'll look into it and let you guys know. Yeah, I didn't see it. In or out. We did this last week. Gonna give you guys some statements. You tell me if you're in or out on these things. The NFC East is the best division in football. I'm super in on it. The Eagles are the best team in football. The Cowboys are one of the best teams in football, a top five team in football. The Giants have proven to be the biggest surprise of this 2022 NFL season. And these are all three teams that I can see making the playoffs. Definitely, I see the Eagles making the playoffs. Definitely, I see the Cowboys making the playoffs. And I believe the Giants will make the playoffs as a wild card. You look at the records, you could say, yeah, and I'm still out on this. I do Tough. think the AFC North, when everybody's healthy, is a better division. When Deshaun Watson's with Cleveland, they're better. I, this is a hot take. Don't sleep on the AFC East. Agreed. The Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets. The AFC East is is very – it's creeping up on people. Let's and put, the Patriots aren't a slouch either. I just want to address the North because I like that East opinion. Very good one, honestly. Eagles Eagles against any team in the division. No, no, no. I'm talking about the North. Any team in that division, I'm taking the Eagles. Cowboys in any team in that division, I take the Cowboys. Giants over any team in that division, 
this is where things things really start to become of preference. I'll probably take the Ravens overall. I'll probably take the Bengals overall. But you can look at the Giants and think that they can't beat these two teams right now. I see where you're coming from for sure, especially when Deshaun Watson comes back. But as of right now, where we stand, it's clear the East is better than those guys. It is really close. I think especially when Tua comes back, the AFC East is better. You got a very um, good point. Same thing when Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun's going to be back week, what, 12, 13? Yeah. So that's a ways away. I'm out. But they're, they're top three. They're better than the NFC West, which would have been insane So who's your division, say. the East? It might be. It might be. Right now, though? It might be. Like I guess, bill, yes. When, without Tua. Without Tua. Without fact. Tua, it's not a question. AFC With Tua, West, but Tua, we could talk. AFC West? That's disappointing. It's been super disappointing. It's just, it's... Uh, Wait till Russell know. Cooks. Then Raiders, we can have that Raiders are good. No, I know. Oh, my God. Ah, too late. Ah, I got him. There really is no clear answer. Like, you can make an argument for half the divisions in football, honestly. I like the Raiders a lot. They're one in four, but I think they'd beat the Giants. I, I would also take the Raiders. Okay. I think the offensively, Monday night, they're just too explosive. The Raiders season is not over. It's not it's over. It's not. Their schedule, I know you yeah. tweeted, their schedule definitely lightens up. Say... Um, Saquon Barkley is better than Nick Chubb. And I'm in on that statement as well. The overall abilities is why you lean Saquon. The better rusher, I will give to Nick Chubb, sure. But even still, that's close. And everything else, what doesn't Saquon do better than Nick Chubb? That's my question. I'm out on this. And it sucks for Nick Chubb because I think Nick Chubb, because he's in a great offensive line, he's playing behind a great offensive line, that knocks him down a couple points for a lot of people because running back is a dependent position. There's no doubt about it. But looking at Nick Chubb and his ability to break tackles, I think he does it at a better rate than anybody in the NFL. His hands aren't what Saquon's hands are. But I think both backs have an elite offensive line. Whoa. I think Nick Chubb. What do you mean Saquon has an elite? Oh, you're saying if they did. I yeah, apologize, yeah. King. Apologize. I think I, I was still but taking Saquon's with a poor offensive line, and he's excelling. I understand. Put that. him in, in Cleveland. Things get spooky, man. Shout out, shout out Stefanski. Because he got a lot of shit, especially last year with Baker, all the controversy they went on there. Jacoby Brissett's been fantastic. Nick Chubb's having his best year. Amara Cooper's had some good games. Stefanski, I mean, he won coach of the year for a reason. And you know, honestly, we if Nick Chubb got the workload Saquon got, this would be a different conversation too. What's crazy though is that Chubb has more carries than Saquon. I know. I'm not talking about this year specifically. I'm talking about in the past couple Let's of seasons. talk about this year because this is the reason why we're having the conversation because these have been clearly number one and number two. Chubb has more carries than Saquon. Yes, Chubb also it has the, the higher yards per carry, but even still, Saquon is still number two with, I believe it's five, six less touches. I'm just going off the top of my head. Nick Chubb has one more carry than him. One more, I apologize. Yeah. One more carry. And he has 18 receptions versus Nick Chubb's six. Yeah, it's also Kareem Hunt in the passing game. You know, if if an offense really had to utilize Nick Chubb in every facet of the game, his numbers would be would out of, be out of this world. I mean, they're already out of this world. Yeah, but I feel like they'd hit like Derrick Henry level, like two K rushing yards. You know what I'm saying? Lamar really like, has more yards than like Dalvin. Say one more time. Lamar has more rushing yards than Dalvin. Lamar's like that. Dalvin's cooking up. He is. He's uh, cooking. He's gone by one yard. So, but almost half less attempts. Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in football. Until Aaron Donald retires, I refuse to to disrespect his name and say that he's anything but the best defensive player in the league. Micah's number two. Correct. Micah's number one for me. But how, what basis? 
how he's playing. But simple what, as that. What does he do you're better? Not crazy. I don't think he's so. leading one of the best defenses in football right now. But we both saw the same graph. There is no one double covered more than Aaron Donald. And even still, he's still effective. One of the highest graded pass rushers. Yeah, he's insane. All respect to Aaron Donald. But Mike is going to be holding up that DPOI trophy this year, or it's going to be Nick Bosa. It's going to be one of those two guys. He could. It's just because yeah, voters get tired. Yeah, yeah, it's a matter exactly. of time, right? Yeah. Raiders can still make the playoffs. I'm out on this one. I think that there is just a lot of other teams that I look at before the Raiders and think that I lean their way. AFC? Correct. Jets or Raiders? Ugly. Battle of the Uglies. I guess I... Oof. They have more talent, King. I apologize. Dolphins or Raiders? Dolphins, easy. Broncos or Raiders? So I'm thinking, like, what teams are the Raiders going to have to compete with to get that Bengals, last Ravens, wild card one of the spot. two. Bengals, Chargers. Ravens, one of the two. Chargers, Dolphins. one of the There you go. I'm leaning all these guys. There's three wild card spots. Chargers. Chargers are going to get Dolphins, one. Dolphins, Bengals, Ravens, one of the two. And I think it's going to be the Bengals, the wild card, because Listen, the Ravens Listen, I'm going to say this. Position. I'm in on this. Is that fair? The question is not will they. Tough. It's can they. Can they? Yes. The next six <laughs> games, well, you said will Texans, they. Saints, you me will. Jaguars, Colts, you said will. Broncos, Seahawks. Answer the Seahawks. question at hand. No, it can still make the playoffs. Can they? Sure. Will they? I don't think so. They have to be damn near perfect. Like, they, they really can't drop many games. They already have four losses. Raiders, next six games, Texans, Saints, Jaguars, Colts, Broncos, Seahawks. Very winnable. Their schedule after that isn't that much tougher. There's I'm saying the the Raiders, every game this season, they have lost by six points or less. They're a good football team. They are. They're not able to close. They're like the Vikings of last season, but the Raiders can go on a run and things can turn around very quickly. I also don't like this. Oh, they have these are their next six, seven games. They're all winnable because I feel like if anything, this first month of the season, nothing is in the book just because they're playing a Seattle or they're playing a Houston like any given week, we've seen a ton of upsets already. Brandon Staley and Zach Taylor should both be on the hot seat. Yes. Yeah. Zach Taylor gets, obviously, more leeway because he just went to a Super Bowl. But regardless, if you're having this type of regression with the offensive talent, you have to be on the hot seat. For sure. I think they're both on the hot seat. I just The, the Chargers are, have been underwhelming overall, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And as for the, the Bengals, there's no reason why this offense should not be one of the most prolific I agree. You meant you talked about Zach Taylor, Brandon Staley. Chargers defense is still one of the worst against the run, although they signed guys who should be able to fix that problem. So they're both on the hot seat for me. NFL pick them week six, our week six predictions. First game up, Commanders at Bears. This was tough, man. The Bears played a lot better than they should have against the Vikings. But I think I think the Commanders pulled this one out, and I don't know if I'll say this for the rest of the year, but signature performance from Carson Wentz. <laughs> so three thirty, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He's only thrown one this game. Only one. Only one. I think that he he heard Ron Rivera loud and clear, and this is the perfect matchup for him to shut him up. I'll take the Commanders as well. I'm going with the Commanders. They have an elite front four still, which is, they're going to cause a lot of pressure for Justin Fields. So I think they're going to get after it. And Carson Wentz, I do think he has somewhat of a bounce-back performance in place kind of well. Ravens at Giants. This was tough, dude. This was tough. Go with your guys, bro. And and every time you've said that. I've been right. <laughs> and I'm going with 
the New York football giants. They've been playing some great football lately. And this is one. Yo. (laughs) And this is 100% a fact. If they beat the Ravens, I'm almost guaranteeing that they will make, forget about almost. I'm guaranteeing they will make the playoffs. And if they beat the Ravens, we have to start looking at them different. I'm taking Baltimore. I'm going with the Ravens. Jaguars at Colts. God. They need this one. They need this one bad, both of them, to be honest with you. But after the embarrassment that the Jaguars put onto them, the Colts can't afford to lose this one. I'm going with the Colts. The Colts have been bad at Jacksonville, but good in Indy. Ten days to prepare for this game right here. The Colts win this game. They win this game. It's a tough one, man. I, I understand this. The Jag sweep. I don't trust the Colts yeah. right now. Their offense is so, so, so bad. It's so bad. I can't trust them Even at all. Even with the Jaguars struggling these don't past ca- couple? I mean, they put up 12 points against in overtime. It took I mean, five quarters. Put up, Jaguars put six points against the Texans. I know, but at least we've seen some spark from the Jaguars. We've really not seen it at all. From you've seen game-winning week- drops from Matt Ryan. Forget about that. What are we talking about? Week one, we saw them... Put up a decent showing offensively. 20 points. I mean, but still, 20 is better than the six. Yes. I'm taking the Jags. I get it. Bro, you're so disrespectful. <laughs> Patriots at Browns. This is another one because I was not expecting the Patriots to smoke the Lions the way that they did. I'm going with the Browns because the Browns have been playing good football, but this one was also a tough one for me. We've mentioned earlier on the show, the Browns have sneakily been one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL, even with Jacoby Brissett. Nick Chubb is on another level right now. Give me the Browns. The Browns have one of the better offenses in the league. They struggle against the run mightily. This is going to be a very close game. This was one of the toughest games for me to pick because the Patriots can run all over the Browns, and I think Bailey Zappi would, would be do just enough you know, to manage the game and stuff. And the Browns, I don't know. It's something about Bill Belichick versus Jacoby Brissett, former guy he used to coach may know some of his tendencies. He knows Jared Goff well, and that's why they were able to shut shut out the Lions. I am going to go with the Browns at home here. I feel like they need this win because they've dropped a couple that they should have won. Have you seen Denzel Ward has been garbage? I think he's, I think he's ranked like 75th out of 78 corners right now. Here, I'll look it he up just got really it back quick. Too. It's probably around where Russell's ranked in quarterbacks. <laughs> probably is. <laughs> Bengals at Saints. Really quick, Denzel Ward ranks 75th of 78 corners graded among cornerbacks who have played 50% of their team snaps. It's bad. Wow. Um, and repeat that for me really quick. Bengals at Saints. Another tough matchup. I'm going with the Bengals because they need to win this game. But I don't feel great. Still Andy Dalton? Yeah, it's or sh- Taysom Hill. Nah, I think it's going to be... Jameis has a chance to play. I'm, If I'm the Saints right now, I low-key right out with Dalton. But even still, I'm going with the Bengals. If you're the Bengals, you cannot lose to Andy Dalton slash Taysom Hill. Give me Cincy. Is this an Andy Dalton revenge game? He gets revenge on Cincy. Good point. There's a storyline here. Joe Burrow making his return back to Louisiana to face the Saints. Nolans. Man, this is tough. But I'm going with the Bengals. I feel like they need this one. They could have beat the Ravens. They were right in the thick of things. Mm. I think Joe Burrow in his return gets this win. Buccaneers at Steelers. Bucks. 50 clip. Yeah, Bucks for sure. I'm going with the Buccaneers. 49ers at Falcons. Niners. Niners for sure. I'm going with the 49ers. Jets at Packers. 
This was another tough game, man. I get it. You guys are both going to say the Jets, and for valid reason. Packers have not been good. The Packers cannot lose this game. I'm going with the Packers. Thank God. There's no way we could have all been on the Jets. I'm taking the Jets, man. I'm going with the New York Jets. I think we win this game. I get it. Vikings at Dolphins. I have this written down. Official? Pretty official. He's not going to play. All right. Well, I have this statement written down regardless. If Tua does not play, the Vikings will win this game. If Tua plays, I'm I'm always going to pick the Dolphins. Is Teddy going to be healthy? Like is yes. it Teddy? Yes, is Teddy. Teddy's going to be playing at home. I think the Dolphins will win. This is a tough game. Two new coaches. They did just get embarrassed by the Jets, so we'll see if they come out. It's. I want to go with Minnesota, but it's very hard to trust them. Very. I'm going with the Vikings, though. I think this is going to be one of their one of their signature wins of the season. Panthers at Rams. Rams should win this one. Yes. Just fired your head coach. The Rams who are. In shambles right now, you got to win this. I'm going with the Rams. Cardinals at Seahawks. This is another tough game for me. The Seahawks are home. It is a division game, and Kyler Murray has been playing excellent football. There's no one that can guard Hollywood on this team. Tariq Woolen. He's been really good. He has, but Hollywood's just been at a different level. Yes. I will say this. I think I got to trust Geno here, and I think I'm going with the Seahawks. (laughs) I don't love saying it, not even a little bit. But I just got to be yeah. honest with myself. Yeah, sometimes. I'm. I'm taking Seattle as well. It's gonna be a close game though, divisional. You know, I think they do split. Seattle wins at home. Arizona win at home later in the year. Twelfth man is real. Geno Smith has lit a spark in his franchise. That is evident. This fan base believes. The receivers believe. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Tariq Woolen shown out as a rookie. Their defense is horrible. This could go either way because the Seahawks' defense is really bad, but the Cardinals struggle to score in the first quarter. They're really bad at opening up the game. I think the Seahawks get off to an early lead, and it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to come back from that. I got the Seahawks in this game. Bills at Chiefs. I'm going with the Bills. I just think that the Bills have been playing great football, and I still don't trust this this Chiefs' defense, not even a little bit. And I think that Josh Allen's been playing too great. And he's going to continue to steamroll. And the Bills have the better defense of the two. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Good. Okay. If you would have went with KC, I think I would have went with Buffalo. But I'm going with KC. <laughs> last time last time they played in the regular season, Buffalo won pretty yeah. big. I think they won like by 18 or something like that uh, last year. Um, but this time around, take KC. Cowboys at Eagles. Sunday football. Fly, Eagles, Fly. They're going to keep riding the hot streak. Cooper Rush has his first loss in the National Football League. No, I'm riding with my guy, man. Riding with Jalen all the way till he finishes. I'm going with the Eagles, but this could be a Lock upset. In. Bro, what are you doing? What? I'm with him till he finishes his career, bro. Like, that's going to be my guy forever. <laughs> Relax. Right, right, whatever. I feel like the Eagles have not faced an elite defense yet, and the Cowboys have a chance to make it very, very tough on them. This is an upset alert game, but I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Monday night football, Broncos at Chargers. Why are you guys looking at me, man? I'm going with the Chargers. I'm doing with the Chargers. Easily. I think the only team that has looked worse or on the level of the Broncos has been the Panthers. And What the, the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> probably been the, offensively, oh probably God. been the Panthers and the Colts. They just lost the Colts. With all due respect, Drew, with all due respect... 
Russ is completing 59% of his passes. Like, what do you want me to do? He hasn't been great. That being said, when I did my preseason schedule, I did have us losing this game. So I'm going to stay true to that. I'm going to pick the Chargers. Hey, got to split. Feel some shame, bro. I'm crying. What, bro? I'm... I'm now, the cop-out to the preseason schedule first says in the, this. First in the AFC West before the season. <laughs> Russell Wilson. My said, hey, goodness. Even still, I took this into account. I said we would lose this game. Okay. That, you, you're going to lose the home game and win the away game? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. This is, this is the... Oh, you're in, you're in LA? Yes. Oh, word. Okay. That makes more sense. I thought you were in Denver. You My know goodness. what? Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Peace. Denver Broncos. Okay. Here we go. You don't even feel confident in that pick. I put a period next to this one. This is the week. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Wonder if Keenan plays. Melvin Gordon breakout game though. Revenge game. Melvin like Gordon's gonna tweak. Fourth mm-hmm. time, but regardless. And fumble? For sure. Okay. Ugh. For sure. Not great. Not Pass great at all. Versus I hate I hate Mike this Will? team right now. It's not it's not it's fun. not pretty. It's not fun. No. This is going to do it for ugly? episode 219. One of the most disrespectful things you've ever said to me, real, actually. Real, real, real quick before Why we are you go. Doing I, this, just wanna see, I just want to see who's having more points per game if it's... Uh, it's them. It's got to be. If it is, bro. That, if it is, then I won't feel as bad. Hate you right Because it did feel a little disrespectful. Brian Tannehill this year has 965 yards, six touchdowns, three picks. 94 passes. Oh, you guys have the second fewest points per game. It's just the Colts that are worse. So, yeah. Steelers score more than you guys. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Great show. That's horrible, man. Sit and spin, man. The Broncos Sit just suck. Spin. Yeah, think about it. Wow. <laughs> this is going to do it for episode 219 of the Pick Aside Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, on Instagram at Pick Aside Podcast, and on TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast as well. Thank you guys for listening and or watching, and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, this is Al Galdi from the Al Galdi Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show that you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they work together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and Passionate fans, over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand its team podcast network and business operations. Now, Blue Wire is raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand its sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash blue wire. That's wefunder.com slash blue wire.